This is David Finch, artist of Batman and a bunch of other things, and you are listening to Top 5 Comics Podcast. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have the master disaster, Josh45. Yo. Coming him is the second suitor, Tyler Brown. Well, hello there. And CBS. Which would be me. That's you. That's right. Uh, see, today we're doing episode number 171. And bookwise, we're going to be going over Marvel's Amazing Fantasy number one, Barbaric number one from Vault Comics, and Superman Son of Kal-El from DC Comics, also number one. So round robin number ones. It's pretty normal. We do that a lot, actually. Um... Before all that, uh, do we have any news? What's in the news? What's in the news? What's in the news? See, as far as like news stuff, like one of the biggest things that has happened this week, it's maybe like three days ago, uh, James Tinian, uh, the fourth, made the announcement that he was going to be leaving DC Comics and moving over to Substack. Which Substack, I said, what the heck is that? Because I never heard of it before. Apparently Substack is a newsletter... Um, type blog company that also tracks your... You can use it to track music and a bunch of other different things online. Um, but what he's going to be doing is a basically a newsletter. Uh, the initial article said that he was going to charge $7 a month and you'll get access to whatever it is he's putting out in a digital format. Uh, but he had no plans to move on to anything new superhero-related in the near future. Um, so that's pretty crazy, because, like, right now he's writing Batman, Joker, which are both huge. And that's um, in Scare State right now still, right? Uh, Fear State's getting Fear, ready to start. Fear, oh, Fear State's Yeah. Right. He's not doing Fear State. Well, Fear State is the name of the event happening, so yes, it's okay. all part of one thing. Okay. So Batman, there'll be a bunch of tie-in books, but the main storyline's happening in Batman. Uh, but yeah, that's happening, and, uh, issue-wise, I guess his last issue for Batman's gonna be 117. Uh, they said that Joker is going to be one four, or sorry, Joker is going to be issue number fourteen. So that'll be where his run on those two books end. Um, as far as the series, it sounds like the, I mean, Joker is going to sounds like Joker is just going to continue. Batman, of course, is just going to move forward, and we'll guess we'll see who takes the reins afterwards. Um, but there's another book that he's connected to, which is DC versus Vampires, which is him and uh, Matthew Rosenberg or Rosenbaum, Rosenberg or Baum. I don't remember the, his last name. I'm sorry. Uh, he's the same guy that wrote Hawkeye um, Freefall, which was fantastic. Uh, the dude's awesome. But the two of them were tasked with writing that as co-writers. So now I wonder if that means it'll just be Matt's book, or if it was already done and it's just one that's in the can. Um, but yeah, as far as a thing, I mean, Batman's a pretty big book, and at this point, it's his run's been popular. Hmm. So it's a pretty big thing to walk away from, but apparently whatever deal is Substack offered him was bigger than any deal has ever gotten before. And it's only digital, you said, right? And the best no way to at this point is digital. Okay. Um, it, there's another article that said something about it, that he might do print later, but there was no house attached to it for printing. So I'm guessing that at some point he's going to say, we need to make money on this, and they'll turn around and take it to Dark Horse or Image, more likely, and it'll turn out in a print version. Now, granted, that's not a thing yet. Um, the first book they announced was a book called Blue, oh gosh, Blue State, no, Blue, Blue Book, that's what it's called, uh, dealing with 
alien abduction stuff. So, I mean, like Project Blue Book. Um, and it's going to be drawn by Matthew or Michael Ivanoving, which initially I'm like, I don't know about that. That's probably a bad choice. I don't hate Oming. Like, I loved Powers a lot. But he's done a bunch of other stuff that I'm just not a fan of. I mean, United States of Murder, yeah, not a fan. The Powers, fantastic. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. In that style of book, I guess, it would make sense, I guess, for him to do it. Because the style is not, it's not the same as um, all of our superhero stuff, where, you know, looking action-wise. So, I guess we'll see. I mean, I don't hate Oming when he does covers, but... Yeah, there's a few of those books I'm not a fan of. Hmm. But that might just be me. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, Powers was fantastic, so love it. Uh, anyway, so that's pretty interesting, like, as a thing. Uh, his other books outside of DC, he's going to continue working on is what, the, what it said. So the stuff that's creator-owned, he's still going to keep driving. And so Something's Killing the Children is continuing, and they're going to be spinning out the first book out of the, uh, what do they call it? The Slaughterverse, I think is what it was called. So there's going to be a spinoff book coming out of it called House of Slaughter. And House of Slaughter is dealing with, like, I guess the organization that our main character in Something is Killing the Children has come from. So he's building into a whole thing. Like, it's getting to be a giant... I mean, the book's already super popular. I mean, good luck finding an issue one somewhere for less than, I don't know, 30 bucks. And that's like eighth print. So it's it's popular. Uh I think last week we talked about me last episode. We I mentioned that the it skin works to become a, a Netflix show. A Netflix, show, yeah. Well, I mean, it it's interesting because you I'd never heard of it before, but you're like, this is a big deal. It so is. obviously, it it was bigger than 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 we anticipated. That's impressive. At this point, yeah, it's it's interesting, like how all that stuff is sort of unfolding. I mean, this move to Substack, it's kind of like rocking the boat type move because. As far as digital comics are concerned, I mean, they're there, but they're not a major genre. So I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, as far as a thing, his his high, most high-selling book, according to the, well, according to this particular article, his most high-selling book that had come out in the last two months was Nice House on Lake Number 1, which we did do a review for that a couple episodes ago. And it is really good. It's got an interesting twist to it. And still, even now, at issue three, it's still doing well, and it's in third print for number one. So I kind of wonder if uh, the fact that it's been as popular as it is over, over DC, that uh, maybe that spawned his move forward. Because apparently there was an offer from DC for a new contract, and the Substack contract was better. Whatever that means. So that's crazy. Uh, interesting, so depending on whether you're a, a fan of Tinian or not, I mean, book-wise... Fear State's going to run its course and still under his shepherding, and then Joker will go to 14, and we'll see what happens after that. But his other books, the best we can tell, are just going to run forward like normal. So that's crazy. I guess we'll wait and see who takes over Batman next. Um, but yeah, that's hmm. kind of the only thing I have this week. It's super crazy. Um, Josh and Tyler, you had a little something? Um, <clears throat> Holly Berry doesn't regret Catwoman. She reveals that it's actually one of her, if not largest, payday. Yes, that makes sense. Does I, it? I haven't seen it. I, I her getting paid for it. She sure. took up front cash, not points on that one. Well, that's a good choice. What about Swordfish? She got paid a lot of money for Swordfish. Mm, yeah. Um, I'm just curious. I'd, I'd be interested in looking that up. She was the main main. She was like not the main person of Swordfish. True. True. Her screen time is definitely less. Huh. 
Yeah, I've never, I've never seen it. I, I, I won't bring myself to do it. Just thought that was odd. That is interesting. Yeah, whatever. That paid a lot. Who cares? <laughs> sure. Hooray! Nobody cares about how it looks. I got, I got, I got money. <laughs> um, Brie Larson has confirmed that Captain Marvel two has already started filming. Cool. That's the Marvels, right? Yep. Okay. Because it's supposed to be her and Ms. Marvel. Ms. Marvel, Ms. Marvel. and Spectrum. Oh, okay, right, yeah. So from all three of them. From, uh... Yeah. WandaVision. I still think it's odd that they don't just call it Captain Marvel 2, The Marvels. They have to call it The Marvels. Right. Well, I think they're... Like, they're... Like, Brie Larson is so... There's a weird thing there, and I don't care what anybody says. It's like, they made that such a huge deal, and then they, like, they downplay... Then they, like, try... they. Like, oh, this is going to be the next big thing. Ah, just kidding. There's a there's something weird going on there. I don't know what it is. And I've tried to tell you guys that Brie Larson is probably a cancer. I think she's probably, you know. I'm Hard to work with. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, I think, it, I agree with you. I think it's to segue, hopefully, her out of it and to have these. But they barely brought her into it, so they don't have to nope. segue anything uh, out of it. I know, I know, but. Maybe to stop cancel culture or some kind of. What, what does that have to do then? I, what I don't know. I I just she's. Maybe Disney doesn't want to get blamed for giving Brie Larson the axe. You know what I'm saying? For what? For giving her the axe for you know firing her whatever. When it, when it comes to it, if they do, but she, it's not Gina Carano. She hasn't done anything. I, I so agree. I mean, they really can't. You know what I mean? So I'm. Just, no, I agree. No, she's. There's a bunch of interviews with her and other celebrities, and it seems like she just rubs people the wrong way. And whether that's all onset stuff or just was uh, being played up to cause like, a, oh, look at the new girl on the block, everybody. And then people didn't receive it that way, like audience-wise. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, she does. She went from having a small voice in Hollywood to having a huge voice in Hollywood. And she's always been very about certain requirements for what she does, and now that she can make those requirements and they have to happen because of where she sits, um, it becomes different than it was before, which is like, yeah, I'd really like it if uh, we had this many people of color doing this many things regardless of what they're doing with the best person for the job. This is the number I want. Now she says it, and they have to jump through hoops for it because of the contract they have with her. Well, I have not seen any of that, so like until I do, like I don't have any comment on it. That's so, fine. I mean, not I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, but I can say until I see like the actual quotes of her saying that, I have no comment on it because like with in this day and age, like you hear that people said things or you supposedly oh, sure. said, and, like, internet's so, full of just again secret like, and I don't I don't want to be like I don't think she's super talented, but she, I mean she I just I liked the Captain Marvel movie sure. way more than I think either of you guys did. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't huge on it. Um, I liked it a lot. I thought it was leaps and bounds better than Black Panther, and but a lot of people felt differently about it. Sure, mostly. So I guess, but I thought, I thought Black Panther was just a bunch of virtue signa- signaling. It was just like, oh, let's just do this thing, and it's like I just was like, mm, it's okay. So I mean, regards to that, I am I, with you. I do. I do I, think there's something fishy going on for sure. Like, she's so incredibly powerful, and they're, they're leading up to being, her being so powerful. Like, she literally, the only reason why she doesn't, like, beat Thanos one-on-one is because he, like, was able to pull the power gym off and punch her in the face. Sure. And then it was just, it was just a, it was a, I think, ultimately, she could have just beat him one-on-one, but she didn't need anybody else. And so, I mean, if you either have to take 
the next major villain and make like take him a step higher to be more powerful, which if you have to do like Galactus basically or the Celestials, which is kind of what they were like sort of hinting at, yeah. Which I think, in my opinion, like this is opinion, like. And we're doing the news section, so just take it for what it is. And people, no way, that's not. Uh, okay, whatever. This is my opinion. I think that they're gonna, as far as the Celestials go, because they've already, you've already seen them in Guardians. Like, there's like well, the head nowhere. Yeah. yeah. So they it's already, they already exist, and they already talk about like seismic things happening in the middle of planets and blah blah blah, which could be the Celestials birthing. Right. But also, like, if it's gonna be Galactus and relating him to Fantastic Four, they could make him one of the Celestials. Sure. But, which he isn't, but he's but he's one of the... In the comics, he's not, but Thanos wasn't really one of the Titans either, and now he is. But he's like, as far as like, like when you go to the infi- original Infinity Gauntlet-like mm-hmm. thing, like, there's all the gods, in quotation marks, you know, you got the Living Tribunal, you have Eternity, you have, like, the Celestials, Garden, you have... Yeah, yeah. You know, you have all these different people, and it's just like, so Galactus could just be a part of... The Celestials. All, yeah. Like, they could make the Celestials just those things. Sure. So, I I mean, because it is the MCU, like, it, it could just be, that's how they're going to pull it all together. I like that, though, because I think for people who haven't read, you know, all, all, of, all of that, or, or about Celestials, because I haven't read a ton of about right. Celestials, that's, that's before my time as far as, you know, when I really got into comics. So, grouping, you know, those people or those entities into, you know, oh, okay, he's a part of this group. I don't, I don't, see, any, I don't see any problem with that. That makes right. a lot of sense. Sure. So that just—that's just my thoughts. That's just like opinion of mine. But like, I mean, if you're going to keep her around, which I don't know why they wouldn't keep her around, but again, it's like Thor three was just called Thor three. It wasn't called like Thor and Hulk Earth. I mean, and, and obviously, like, well, it was Ragnarok. Ragnarok or- yeah, but it, it was Thor. Thor, Thor Ragnarok. But it was Thor Dark World. Got it. Though. Got it. I see mm-hmm. what you're saying. See what I'm saying? Like, yeah. sure. It's, it's Instead the, of Captain Marvel, it's blah, 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 or whatever. whatever yeah, the subtitle. Basically, it was like people, it's like Thor 3, Thor Ragnarok. But it's not like, but it's not, it's not Captain Marvel and the Marvels. It's just the Marvels. It's like right. a separate, it seems like it's almost, it's not being billed as Captain Marvel 2. Right. Um, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is whatever. Like it just, it just seems. And then you could see it in some of the interviews where, like, a lot of the old school, like the the old guard, were like not a fan of Brie Larson. Right. Well, that's what I'm talking about. With and may, being hard to work with, you maybe. know. And ultimately, I think, and, I, and you know, and you guys might disagree with me, but I think that they were just having a hard time of they couldn't figure out what she was looking at because one eye was going the other way because it's a lazy eye. <laughs> oh, my oh gosh. that was just me. Just you. Just you. Just you. <laughs> anyway, wow, <sighs> silly. It's true. Michael Keaton te- has teased his first shot of Batman in the Flash movie. That's awesome. Did you guys see it? I, I didn't. I didn't see it. I read the. I saw the article, but I did not see the the photo. And it's cool that it's happening. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't see it. Um. And I mean, this isn't really news, but. Uh, Taika Waititi uh, has said that he, he's just been ranting and raving how excited he is about Love and Thunder. Cool. But like he said, like the, the, the new technology that they basically, um, the innovative filming technology that they're, they're using for this film is just going to like blow people's minds. Like That's he's awesome. Just, he's just been ranting and raving about it. So speaking of him, um, his, Flash Gordon just got pushed from a animated series into a full film. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah. An animated f- film? Correct. And, sorry, right. Sorry, an animated film. It's been pushed into into a full live action thing. And is it not animated anymore? Correct. That's cool. Oh, live action? Yeah, IGN reported on it, I think, a couple days ago. Oh, that's cool. I don't know much about Flash Gordon. I mean, I've seen it when I was a kid, but I was, I was like, hmm, I should bring that up to somebody. Hmm. Make you watch that for a moment. I'm, work- I'm, I'm working through. Working through. <sighs> Can I Flash Gordon? Sam Jones. Heck yeah, man. And then Tom Hardy said he'd do anything to make a Venom Spider-Man crossover happen. That's awesome. And I said anything, really. I read an interesting article also on IGN talking about how he's fairly certain that a that a third Venom is going to be greenlit because uh, Marvel Studios is really, or excuse me, Sony at this point is really liking let there will, will be car- let there be carnage. Really, mm. they they they're they're really happy with the way it turned out. Apparently, yeah, the trailer's oh, good. And this isn't part of the news that I was like reading, but I I read today. That who's directing like um, Far From Home? The Spider Man movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know that. Wasn't name that. Yeah. Let me find out. It's uh, what's his face? I'm like blanking on it, but anyway, he said that they're not going to release a trailer. Oh, really? Yeah. He's like, and I don't know if he was joking, but he's like, ah, we're not going to release a trailer. I want people to go in completely fresh. That's really cool. I. That's crazy. It's interesting. John Watts is his name. Yeah, didn't do anything from there. I don't know. Uh, he did. He did the previous one. He did. Uh, oh, okay. Home, home, or he did Homecoming. That's cool. <clears throat> so far from home and Homecoming. So he's he's done the last two. Wow. Um, not a lot here. Cop car clown and our RoboCop remake. What is that? Oh, it's a fan-made original remake of the original RoboCop. What? That's crazy. What is that? Our RoboCop remake. Apparently, he directed that. Huh. A couple, right. couple, couple people directed it. But yeah, he, he's done the last two. So. Well, the last two were good, so that's yeah. cool. If they do it that way to keep everything secret, that's awesome. I think it has a lot to do with the multiverse and what they're planning. Sure. Um, they've already shown, I, I guess, toys have leaked, because that's what happens, because toys leak things. His new costume, and then apparently a Doctor Strange costume, I think, that uh, change. Um, but yeah. That's cool. I mean, that's pretty awesome. I, I guess we'll see if that winds up being true. But I guess I could see a title card and just a date, and maybe some music. That'd be kind of cool. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm totally cool with it if they don't have a trailer. I mean, it's, it's not like it's not gonna be good. Right. I, it, the chances of it flopping are pretty pretty slim to none. So, um, and obviously, just like you said, the last two were you know great. So I can't imagine him not not doing well. I'll have to look and see where I saw that. And it wasn't it wasn't the director that said it. It was like somebody higher up. I have, okay. I have to find where I, I saw that. And it was like just random. I'm like man, I should have screenshot of that. Now I'm like, uh. Uh, I always hate when I do that. I'm like, oh, I, let me save that news article, and then you're like, oh, I got rid of it. Need to, I need to share them in our in our group. Anything else news wise? Nope. Mr. Brown. The only thing I have is I uh, watched What If this morning. Um, man, I loved it. Um, I think you guys will really like it. Actually, um, I was being a DC guy. I was super high on this um, c- coming coming into it because I I think that the 
how do I put this? The, the character development or character kind of swap, swapping roles, I really love. Um, DC vs. Marvel is one of my favorite comics of all time. Sure. So that, in the same vein of things changing or, you know, main characters being in a different setting or, um, Tony Stark or, you know, do, doing whatever. I love kind of all that alternate universe stuff, especially, I mean, obviously I was pretty high, you know, high praise on, on Loki and how that's going to affect the MCU. Um, so I, I, it's done extremely well. The animation is really good. Um, Peggy Carter is, it, 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 uh, spoilers for this, but if Peggy Carter is kind of becomes, um, the next, the next, um, they call her Captain Carter, I right. believe. Yeah, they call her Captain Carter. Um, and man, it is, it, it's, it's great. It's, it's heartwarming. It's, um, uh, well done. It's action packed. It's drawn well. Um, voices are good. Uh, Stanley Tucci reprises his role in it. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I don't think the, the the only one I could obviously tell I think was Chris Evans. Chris Evans is definitely not the voice of um C Rogers in it, but it it's great. And they they bring in uh, I, no spoilers here. It's in the you know the main um, if you've seen any article about it or seen the picture, they bring in Awatu the Watcher who is one of my favorites. Um yeah, it's really good. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It is a lot of fun. Awesome. The whole trailer looks really cool, so <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. I am super amped, and I and I really can't wait for the next one. I'm uh, I'm really really excited about it. Awesome! It just goes to show that again, Disney is just absolutely doing a great job, you know, in their in their streaming platform. Excellent. Uh, well, I guess we'll move into books. Sound about about right. Real quick, did you watch Ted Lasso's episode three? No, I'm still on season one. You saw made it through? No, I've, you got me watching so much. I watched oh, Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, jeez. I watched Big Trouble, Little China. Don't yell at me, CBS. I've never seen Big Love Trouble. Of Man. You can't watch things without me telling you to watch them, because then I have to like really dig for things well, for you I, to watch. Well, I also am watching mm-hmm. Lost with my kid. That's a big deal for us. Yeah, but you've already seen that. Who cares about it's that? A big deal. It's a big deal for my kid. You could watch something else on your phone while you're watching that. Plex isn't on my phone. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. No, because I get to watch her, like, get super excited and fall in love with the character. No, she loves it. Because mm. she's smart and likes good television. It's awesome. <laughs> well, if you guys don't know what Ted Lasso is, um, it is fantastic. It's in season two now. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Third episode? Yeah, so good. We've watched it like four times. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's about a, uh, American football coach that gets hired to run a soccer team overseas, and that's like the smallest part, cause it's awesome. Well, you remember, like, in the old, where the Ted Lasso came from, right? The TV series or the concept? Well, he was like, he started as like NFL, like, on yeah. Fox NFL or whatever. He would be like, hey guys, what's up, man? And like, and he'd just like come out and like talk. Oh, whenever he was doing those weird commercials. Yeah. But it wasn't commercials. It was like. I didn't really connect those two things together. That's supposed to be the same character in those it's things? T- it's, his name was Ted really? Lasso. It's the That's same crazy. exact character. Yeah. That's when they had well, Rob Steven's, Riggle doing stuff with them too, it was right? Before Riggle. Okay. All right. Jason Sudeik is the main now. actor in it. I didn't realize that it was the same character. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'll be damned. I didn't know that. That's cool. Uh, but if you guys like. Anything late's funny. It's really well written. Uh, so I would say check it out for sure. Uh, if, as far as the thing, it's, yeah, it's awesome. Did you happen to see the Doom Patrol season three trailer? I have not, no. Okay, that came out as well. I haven't seen season two yet because I'm slacking, but 
Well, season one and season two are both awesome, so I assume season three will be great. And Titans season three. Yeah, yeah. It's on the back of almost every DC book this month. I like Titans. Titans is good. I still haven't seen season two, but I actually just asked Huff to put that on Plex because, like, I gotta. Yeah, yeah. I gotta get into that. So what's the deal with Titans? Is, like, the guy that was Robin in the first season is now Nightwing? Or is that a different actor? So, because I'm not going to watch it, so I don't care. <laughs> spoil, so spoiler. I haven't seen season two, like I said, but I don't really care either. I know I'm, I'm pretty. It's pretty obvious what's going to happen. Red Hood should. Did Jason Todd should show up in this well, well, yeah, season three. He's in season one. He was. They'd never really have him as like not as ever, Red Hood. Did but he, as Jason or as Robin? Yeah. No, but did Grayson ever wear the Robin suit? Yeah. Not in the series. Yeah, he was already past it. Yeah, and so he was already on the so way. So who's the kid that plays else. Robin in the first up season? Same same guy. Same guy. He just never is Robin. He's kind of in that transition period, that. yeah. Oh, but like the the one thing that I saw, like the one like episode. He does have the costume. He's on. like F Batman. No, that's this that's that's, 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 same that's guy. Uh, Jason Todd. No, no. No. It it's is him. it's it's the same guy. It's Dick Grayson. Robin. Yeah. He has the one sequence where it's uh, like a flashback for him oh, okay. during season one and it was in oh, all the commercials. Yeah, it's a flashback. So he did wear the costume. Um, but only for that one, like, s- okay. sequence of time. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, during season one, I guess, you know what? Actually, he wears it a few times during season one, because he doesn't actually get the Nightwing costume towards the end of the season. But it's, uh, not a normal thing for him. Hmm. And it's been a while since I watched season one. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm thinking about it, it's coming back with a lot more flashes. In the season costume. one ends with the tease of, uh, uh, Superboy, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yes. Crypt, 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 crypto. Crypto. Yep. Mm-hmm. Crypto the dog? Yes. Yes, sir. The dog's in it? Super dog, yeah. Yeah. It's not a, it's much, a, it's a good show. No, I'm not doubting you. I'm not going to watch it. No, I, I don't know. doubt you. I know. I have too many other things to watch. I know you do. Like Wings. No, I've already watched all that. Have you? How many seasons of that? I don't know, like seven. Oh, well. Back on TV shows had lots of episodes, though. Sure. Half hour seasons. Yeah, but I can watch them and fall asleep to them and know exactly what's going to happen because I already watched them before. True. Sure. I just don't have enough time I like to watch TV. Right. I didn't even get to watch Ted Lasso until Sunday night. That's true. After you guys left. Yeah, I was here. I, I watched a little bit with you. I mean, that's, I mean yeah. it came out Friday. Usually I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, Ted Lasso. It's a great show. Everything I've, everything I've watched is good. That's oh, good. Yeah. I did watch The Boys, which was crazy. Um, And I thought it was fantastic. Season one or season two? Both. I have not watched season two, but season one is fan. But I haven't watched... uh. Invincible? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. I watched one or two episodes. I thought it was okay. I haven't watched it yet, but... I liked I mean, it. Yeah, it's good. It's, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's bloody, but it's, it's awesome. But that atypical show that's on uh, Netflix, I watched that. The new season came out on that, and I watched all that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason I haven't, like, binged Ted Lasso is because they're doing the thing where they like, one, one episode a week, which I actually love. Right. I hate it, but I love it because it, like, forces you to, like, be anticipate something. It is exciting. You're like, oh, sure. I'm I'm like that with this with this what if series. I'm super excited for for what's going. I'm also like that with our podcast too. Like Mind Frame, I'm ready every time. I'm like, where's the next? They didn't have one last week. I know he's slacking. Message Moten, tell him to get to work. Well, then Brad, um, the uh, the third guy from Sofa King has COVID, so they didn't do COVID. Oh they, no, they didn't do his new Sofa King episodes last weekend. So I was like, I was kind of wondering why if. They didn't do suffocating episodes a while when they just do new mind frame, mind frame episodes. Yeah. But I don't, maybe he's writing it as he, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know how he's doing it. The sit down did say that he, he was in the process of still writing 
things, or at least the ending, at least. So, it, well, supposedly it's supposed to be the beginning of his next it's trilogy. A new trilogy. Right. So, like, if he means by like it's like three books. So I don't know. Anyway, okay, cool. Um, all right, we'll move into Amazing Fantasy. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. Tyler, you tell us a story about uh, about Marvel's Amazing Fantasy. Yes, it's pretty rude. <laughs> Uh, this is Marvel's Amazing Fantasy number one, uh, written by Carrie Kylie Andrews. Is that Carrie? See, si, Senor. Okay, just making sure I got that right. It kind of looks like a, a pulp novel on the front of it. Uh, kind of got big, you know, words and featuring Captain America, Spider-Man, Black Widow, and more. They came to a world with no heroes and no escape. It definitely has a classic pulp feel to the uh, covering style. It does. It is. It is. It is uh, almost like a water. What do you call that? Like a watercolor, almost. I mean, I I would say it's more oil painting. Oil style painting. Okay. Style wise, just the way it, it looks. reminds me of Kingdom Come. Oh sure. Very similar. Though. Yeah. All right. So we start in 1943, World War II. We're on a ship. There's all these shipmates talking back and forth about. Um, Things and stuff, um, dying, if I remember correctly. Well, they're in, in the middle of the night, and they're all in the process of trying to get away from what they think are U-boats. And right, that's right. They're looking at yeah, submarines. So they're currently uh, in the process of searching for submarines in a pitch black that is blacker than any black they've ever seen. Right. Captain America's there on the front, um, talking to these soldiers, you know, keep an eye on those waters for U-boat sailor. Um, you know, he's like, what kind of cargo needs such a big shield? Says I'm a soldier and I take orders. I don't give them. Um, so kind of talking about how he's um, you know, just like them. He's kind of trying to relate to these to these uh, normal soldiers, normal soldiers or sailors. Yeah. yeah. We move from there and uh, somebody goes there in the water straight ahead. And he says I don't see a thing and they pop 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 start up the the gun um, the manned gun and just start you know mowing down in the water and there's nothing there. He goes I swear I saw a shadow. He says nothing. Stupid ghosts. And he says, the boys are cracking, sir. Meaning they're, you know, cracking, breaking up. Breaking yeah, up. yeah, they're break, breaking the down. Um, with a general who's next to uh, Captain America says, you know, I've been at this a long time, Captain. Was a sailor for the first great war. And uh, this next guy who's really, really close. It actually looks a lot like Tintin to me. It does. <laughs> it He's like drawn Tintin. very Tintin. Looks like Tintin. Uh, he says, I know they're there. They're, you know, we're tracking them. Um, he's, the, the soldier, the general says, you know, death is all around us, but somehow I knew I'd survive it. He says, uh, Smitty, sir, I have to get home to my baby, so on and so forth. And Cap says, well, you can call me Cap, Smitty, and, uh, keep calling me Cap, but when you're holding your new baby boy, that's a promise. I'll take care of you. And then, boom, and giant, um, explosion. There are carcasses everywhere, um, falling into, into the ocean. Um, and Cap is having this inner monologue, and no, I promised them, I promised them all that, you know, I'd take care of them. And, uh, it's, it's not good. It's definitely, that ship is, is gone. Um, he's in the water thinking, you know, I, I can save them all, leave no man behind. I am courage, I am freedom, I am, and we see the opening page here, two, 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 two page spread of amazing, amazing fantasy. Yeah. From there, we move to the arrival. Uh, Captain America washes up on a beach, salt, wet. Again, this is all inner monologue, talking about air. Uh, breathe in, breathe in deep, and he's changed somehow. He 
Uh, shirtless, he has a long beard, long hair, um, and has his uh, shield on his back. Uh, he wakes up and kind of gasps, Where are they? Not a soul. Um, not a single soul. Sounds of waves interrupted, and he kind of says to himself, Heads up, soldier. And then, boom, something smashes right next to him. He looks up, and it is a griffin? I would say griffin, yeah. Griffin. Well, griffin or, or a flying lion. It's a flying, flying lion, yeah. It's a lion with wings, so, I mean... Because a griffin has, what, the tail of a... Well, a griffin is more like a bird. Right. Like a giant bird type. It's a flying lion. Yeah, it's a flying lion. It's a flying lion. And it's getting ready to attack him. He's like, I'm not sure what you want, you know, but I'll fight you if I have to. Uh, the flying lion, you know, roars, and he's like, easy, easy, you know, I'm, I'm here. Good kitty, good kitty. And then all of a sudden, this flying demon dragon comes up and picks up this flying lion. And he has no idea what's going on. Captain America's like, that is crazy. He has no idea what to think about it. So he throws his shield up, smacks the, uh, the, uh, dragon right in the foot, and he drops this flying lion. He says, as far as I know, uh, the Nazis haven't brought back the dinosaurs or added a second son. Not yet, anyways. So where am I? That's when we see that star of the sky where we see multiple suns. Oh, that's right. I didn't see that part. There's two so suns there. A full batch of, uh, yeah, that's crazy. There's some different stuff going on. He's obviously not, not here. Not, uh, not where we are. Um, from there we move to the Soviet Union. So we leave Cap and we move to the Soviet Union. Uh, there's a television. This is in some really interesting art, which, um, is meant to look sort of vintage, sort of beforehand. The incumbent U.S. administrators uh, continues to tread on extremely precious path. President Reagan has provoked a new direction in the arms race, um, and the Soviet Union will respond in kind. Um, from there, we move to what appears to be Black Widow as a child in the Red Room, I'm guessing, and she is training in fighting other children. Um, other widows. Other widows. Yeah. Yeah. One of them yields after after she you know fights it. Um, a gentleman comes up, says, "Natasha, hit the showers. She caught you right in her web, Daria. You have much to prove." And this girl's on the ground, and she's obviously in pain. Um, says that she was a cheater. From there, we move to before they realize you're missing. So now we're back into no, no longer her memory. We're in. We're in with current time. Um, and she's with Sergey. Yeah, I think so. Sergey, Sergey, did you hear that? Uh, who's that? Show yourself. Calm yourself. Ruslan? The yard is empty like your head. Well, it's two guards. Like, the, the guards' names don't necessarily matter so much. But oh, okay. What we see is Black Widow dressed in basically, in, I don't know, like a bank robber mask. She's definitely got a mask, a ski mask on, yeah. Like ninja style, trying to, uh, Trying to escape, basically, because we see her jump over a wall and sneak past these two guards. She's running towards what looks like the woods. They start uh, shooting at her. It reflects off of her wristlets. Collins, yeah. Yep. And she's saying, remember the plan, remember the plan. Um, they won't last long uh, in this weather, not without gear. Um, but if they find the plane before I, too, and then our girl, who she had crushed in the red room, shows up and says, you can't outrun your own. Uh, we have you and all your tricks. Uh, prime fueled and ready to go, huh? No. Uh, it should be there. Zit, zit, Zaveska? Zaveska. Zaveska? Uh, Alexa, Alexa, what happened to the plane? Obviously, they were supposed to have a plane to, um, rendezvous with them. And then, 
Um, have we been compromised? Natasha, my favorite spider, the fastest, the deadliest, the most intelligent, and the most disappointing. Um, there was never a plane to Germany, only a test of loyalties, uh, a test you have now failed. You can see she's crying, and she says, Alexa, please, and you see crack, 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 crack. Um, and I wanted to escape the world, but not like this. Again, her inner monologue. Then we have the blonde girl, uh, Zavidia, um, saying, this way, this way. She's helping um, Natasha leave, who's obviously injured. She's bleeding from the mouth. And they get on a horse, it appears like. Yeah. And that's where we leave Black Widow. Right. So now <laughs> we move to Manhattan. Um, and we have our first shot is Spider-Man, obviously. Uh, Spider-Man slinging through the city. And hot on his tail is Green Goblin. I warned you not to defy the Green Goblin. He says, how was I supposed to know um, what you're saying? I don't speak shrill voice. Um which is fun and all, but the more important part of, of what's going on is actually his inner dialogue and him kind of thought Bobble talking about Uncle Ben's being gone. Um, he's the one responsible for Aunt May, where Flat broke. Um, the only thing more important than stopping Green Goblin is taking pictures of myself so I can get paid to make sure that, that I, uh, you know, continue taking care of Aunt May. We have a crowd at the bottom um, saying, oh, look, there's Spider-Man. He's above us. Look out. You know, and The people in the crowd is the important part because it's Gwen Stacy and Harry Osborn. See, how do you know And Flash that? Thompson. Oh, I, I, I recognize. That's Flash? That's Flash in the background. Let's see. Harry in the front. It's mm-hmm. all about Harry's hair. His name and his dad's hair in the classic comic books with that weird cornrow-looking stuff. <laughs> you Marvel, Marvel people know more than I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> over here, Gobby. Gobby. Say cheese, and he's trying to take a picture um, remotely. And Hobgoblin just, or excuse me, Green Goblin just smashes him uh, with one of his pumpkin bombs and hits him right in the face. And it goes black. Um, we're not sure if he passes out or what's going on, but he wakes up and it's just his eyes in the darkness. And he says, nothing better than a warm bath, not warm and hot. And he's in a cauldron cauldron yeah mm-hmm. he's he's being made into soup it looks like um they're all around uh, there's a tribe of what appears to be frog people that's what i get from that's yeah frog that's, people. that's what i can tell and they're just chanting yo and uh he says now this is a predicament <laughs> um so he tries to escape um ends up escaping from the cauldron and these guys start attacking with um spears and then we have these eagle, kind of? Eagle people. Okay. Russian, eagle, like eagle. another tribe of yeah. indigenous crazy. And they start stabbing these frogs, squawk, squawk, squawk. They're lifting them up and dropping them. Um, you know, of course, Spider-Man with his, you know, quick-wittedness is, you know, got the got the, the flashy dialogue. You know, pardon me, coming through. Uh, what's ruffled your feathers, Tweety Bird? Which is it's actually kind of funny. That's it. That's where we leave Spider-Man. We, we cut from there to... We cut from there to... Back to what appears to be Captain America. It's Cap. But he... You don't quite know other than when we, we, we get further. And his loincloth is now the, the Stars and Stripes, which I, I actually liked. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, the remainder of his... Like, his costume is all tattered when he watched up on the beach, but the remainder of it now has been turned into right. a... Loincloth. tarzan Tarzan, yes. Yeah. Tarzan. He looks huge. He looks like he's been in, in, in the jungle longer. Um, there's a very large snake, and we hear a large, large yell, ew, 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 or something like that. Um, fleshy, fleshy meats Isa make a big pot pie, and there is a troll, I think, two trolls or goblins. 
Goblins. Goblins, yeah. trolls. And they're chasing um, a woman, a very pale blonde, who's um, trying to defend herself. And uh, Captain America steps in, starts you know bashing these guys from front to back, um, and tells them to go find a salad instead of eating her. Uh, we come back, we come back. They obviously speak broken English, you know, being trolls. And uh, she she confronts him and says, stay away. He says, I can understand you. And she says, don't you touch him. Uh, take it easy, miss. I just want to make sure you're safe, both of you. And behind, you see a little boy. Uh, and this, this woman obviously has a little boy. He, you know, calls out for her and says, Mama, she collapses um, from exhaustion and uh, Cap says, oh, my gosh, you're exhausted. Uh, looks of it, but better safe than sorry. You have a hospital here in these parts, and this boy doesn't speak. He says, hospital? Doctors, nurses, Red Cross. Ook, 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 ooga, ooga. He, he obviously doesn't. Yeah, um, kids broken. Some things look like words, but they're not. Correct. Yeah. He says, they'll be back, they'll be back, they'll be back. Um, and uh, then from the, from the jungle, we see two giant red eyes and just a growling coming from the shadows. And there is our flying lion friend. Um, he, they jump on the back of the flying lion. And, uh, after, after these, these, uh, ogres or, or goblins, you know, came out from, from the woods. That's who obviously was there. And it says, where are you taking us? And he says, home. The little boy says home. So, um, from there, we move again to Black Widow, um, where what appears to be Black Widow, obviously red hair, um, but don't, but don't, but don't. There's a loud sound in her. You just, just a photo of her, just a page of her eye, her eye opening, 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 and further, further, further. She's on horseback, or what appears to be horseback. And the uh, gentleman says, "Are you woken?" She says, "If you say so." And he waits your present. Who? He has many names, but you may call him King, and she's on the back of a centaur. Yep. And he has an axe, um, and they're headed towards this tower on this uh, really, really rough path. Um, from there, we move, again, we're moving quick here, but uh, we move to the bird people who have captured uh, Spider-Man. He says, I demand to see your leader or possibly a psychoanalyst. And he's been... Um, taken by these bird people and flopped down in front of a woman. Uh, the woman is, has multiple colors of face. She's kind of, uh, uh, white, red, orange, uh, blonde hair. Uh, please excuse the treatment, little pup. We had orders to bring you to bring you back, whether you agreed to it or not. Um, she un, un, unties him immediately and he looks over here and, uh, we see, her and a, and a large, a, a man, an older man, and she says, he's been waiting for you. And this man says, there you are, come over here and give your uncle a hug. And Peter's just shocked. Um, takes off his mask and runs straight to him and says, Uncle Ben, I've missed you. Um, and he says, I miss you too, Pete, you look good. How long has it been since I've lost track of time? Too long, too long, how is it possible, where are we? Oh, Peter, you're dead. We're all dead. And now everything is going to be okay. Now that you're here, we can begin. And it pans out from where they were to this, um, what appears to be almost like a, a cliff in space. It's a, they're obviously on their own plane of, of existence. And that's, that's where it is. One of the important things with the, the whole flash of the crowd is to tell us how old Peter is. Cause Peter is, he's young. This is still like high school Peter. So he's not the adult, okay. you know, 
working for the, I mean, he's still working for the paper, but it's like the beginning of him being Spider-Man. Okay. So I think the Green Goblin's costume also sort of tells us that because it's a classic looking costume. It is, yeah. So like our point in time for all these people are different points in time. So it's like Kid Peter Parker, uh, Black Widow from the Red Room when right. she was still young, prior to her escaping to America, and this version Captain of Captain World War Two. Yeah, Captain World War Two. So like the timing of all of it is is pretty crazy where they're from. But yeah, the interesting line then is that well, we're in some type of afterlife, which right. is what makes it crazy. And it shows this afterlife being, like I said, on a on some kind of cliff or some kind of its own land mass, and you see planets in the background. So it's they're they're on their own um, their own plane of existence, or at least that's what I think. Right. Yeah. Tyler, you guys, can you score for that book? Oh man, um, I think it's the weakest of these three books. I'm going to give it uh, pro- probably probably two and a half. Uh, the art was okay. Um, it's nothing that really, um, really spoke to me. Um, yeah, it, it just, I'm going to be always going to be harder on Marvel comics, I feel like, but I, it just wasn't my bag. Um, yeah. Sure. Uh, well, as far as score, I mean, I, I give it a three and a half, but I like weird mashup universe n- nonsense. No. So, like, it fits my, uh, it fits my wheelhouse pretty good. And, like, the different points of time they're all from and how the story interweaves together. Because as they lead around, yeah, we jump back and forth quite a bit, but we're jumping to the origin of how they all wound up where they are. So, like, when we come back to Cap in the woods, the whole reason he's out where he's at is because he's searching for his shield. The shield he threw earlier that hit right. the, the dragon-flying lizard monster thing. And he's been hunting for the shield this whole time. When he finds it, that's where the girl and the boy were. The little boy had the shield. So, like, him finding it at all, that's why he was there to save him from the crazy trolls or ogres. Yeah, whatever they are. So, like, it's a crazy mashup of stuff. And it being a, a weird, I don't know, afterlife thing, I think is, I don't know, I dig that. It's I dig that. I think where you miss, where it misses me is the the fantasy part of it. That that's kind of like eh, I can take or leave the 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 Black Widow part. I really like the Peter Parker part. I really like, but once once you get into flying lions and whatever, that's the best part like, of this book. I man, then it, then then I just don't like it. I can't. I, yeah. Why does it matter? Why does it matter? Like the Griffin. That is what they are. They're Griffins. You're right. It's not a Griffin. No, because you're right. Griffin a Griffin. Has a face, a, Griffin has a head of an eagle. Head of an eagle. Yeah, you're right. It's just a flying lion. It's different. It may be a kind of Griffin, but. Yeah, it just Griffin's the head of an eagle and the body of a lion, right? And the tail of a snake, tail of a tail of some uh, something else. Huh. Yeah, it it just it just wasn't my jam. I yeah. maybe it's because I read two other books this week that were really really good. Sure, yeah. uh, Josh, do you have a score for the Amazing Fantasy? Was I right? Uh, I didn't get far enough in that. No, it, it says they're, they're Griffins also, but winged lion, a terrifying mythical creature. Um. Was, I was trying to find the actual titling for one in this little article, but there's a lot of words, and it's not giving me what I really want answer-wise. Um, I'm sure there's different kinds of Griffins. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Griffin in, like, in mythology is always like head right. of an eagle, right. body of a lion, tail of, like, I want to say tail of like some reptile. Or I always get, get mixed up between that one and uh, the Chimera, which is with a three-headed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the goat. Lion, snake. I want to say, yeah, I, I think, think it, so. yeah, I think that's it. The multiple heads. Yeah, chimera. I mean, I don't know. I guess any any animal is different. Animals stick together could be a chimera. Um, griffin yeah. also spelled griffin or griffin, composite mythological creature with the lion's body 
winged or wingless anti-bird's head, usually that of an eagle. The griffin was a favorite decorative motif in the ancient Middle Eastern and Mediterranean lands. Sometimes it has a tail of a, some sort of reptile as well, right. but I don't, I can't remember what, I want to say tail of a dragon, but that doesn't make any sense because it's like, I thought it was a tail of something that's actually alive. Like a regular, like a real animal. Yeah. Sometimes it's a tail of like a, like a scorpion's tail too. I don't know. There's like a million things. Anyway, a lion with wings is rad. I don't care what anybody says. Well, if you take away the fact that that's Captain America and you take away the fact that like those are Marvel characters, it's just like, I think that it would have been cooler if they would have done all the art of just like the, how the cover's done. That's true. I agree. Yeah, having the three different types of art for each different character scenario is a little weird. I do kind of dig it because it tells you you're in a different part of the story. But I don't know if... I'm assuming that at some point all these characters are laying together. And if that's the case, well then, what does art look like then? So I guess we'll have to see when number two comes out, like how that shakes out. But yeah, each section has their own style of art for each part of the book. So like Black Widow's was like more classic looking and mm-hmm. Cat America's is kind of simple, normal comic book art. And then Spider Man's more like Silver Age. Yeah, like Silver Age style wise. Yeah. I mean the costumes lend to that too, so but yeah, like as a thing. It's interesting the way that it's paired together, but if all of them are gonna run into each other eventually, I don't know what that looks like. So I guess we'll see. I think it looks like the last, you know, couple panels that you have where they're Uncle on ben? the Yeah, with Uncle Ben. Um yeah, I. Well, and part of those the bird people weren't they were people inside bird suits, so they weren't actually like the the, the frog guys are definitely frog guys. See, and I couldn't tell the difference. I mean, I I thought they were bird till we saw the lady. Well, they squawk. Well, they make squawk noises, yeah, okay. but they're, okay. they're wearing masks. They're wearing masks. The giant hole underneath. It, it's just it's one of those things that doesn't reveal to like the last second when she's like, "Oh, he's been waiting for you," mm-hmm. and that's like the only time you see that. Yeah, I don't I don't like the art mix up. Not a fan of that. I think I like the middle one the best, though. The, uh... The middle and the last, like... You're talking about Spider-Man stuff? Or Black Widow? Um... Well, no, the one, like... Well, I guess that is the same one. The one where it was, like, Captain America fighting, like, the trolls. Oh, the beginning the of the middle. Yeah, yeah. The, the, cap, the cap style. later on, like... It's the same same style art, though. Same artist, too. Yeah, I like that stuff. Oh, maybe that's why it's not there. It's because... didn't say there's because there's probably multiple... I think it's the same person doing all of it, actually. Really? Yeah, pretty sure that's the truth. But it is weird that there's arrows sticking in the shield at one point, because nothing should stick to the shield. That's true. So what's going on with that? But he is Spider-Man, and maybe the bird people are like part of like some sort of vulture clan? It's hard to say that part, because Uncle Ben is definitely with them, and they're, they respond to Peter about having picked him up because they were told to. So Uncle Ben's in charge of whatever that group is. Um, but yeah, as far as clans, best we can tell, we have tro- trolls, well not trolls, ogres. Frogs. Ogres, frogs, these in bird people, and then dragons and griffins or lion, winged lions, whatever you call them. If there's a name for that that's not griffin, send us a message, that way we know. Um, I think it misses on certain points, and it, and it hits on a couple others. I give it a two and a half. I'm right down the middle with it. Is that what you said, Brown? I did. Yeah, I said two and a half. So, I'm like two and a half on it. Cool. Well, from there, we move into some Barbaric. Absolutely. All right. So, Barbaric is from uh, Vault Comics. Um, and this is the book that, so a few episodes back, we had an interview with uh, Nathan Gooden and uh, Michael Morisi. And this is, the, this is their book. This is issue one of that series. Uh, preface it that it is a more adulty book, I mean, language-wise and art-wise. Uh, we do have some nudity in the background. It's not anything 
crazy egregious, but it's there. The nudity isn't, but the swearing is horrible. The swearing is There's a lot of swearing, yes. And then if you actually really look into it, there is quite a bit of, like, top-up nudity. Well, yeah, the background stuff, there's definitely... So, I mean... It's more, it's a more adulty book than, than, yeah. Parental advisory. There you go, parental advisory. But the art is fantastic. It is. And the story is really fun. It's, um... I'd say, like, a slight step above a Quentin Tarantino film. Above? Yeah. Wow. Well, the writing is sharp. I mean, oh, yeah. Michael's a good writer. There's not a lot of gratuitous nudity in Tarantino oh, oh, films. Sorry, I thought you meant, like, art-wise. I thought we were... You know. Oh, style. Different. Yeah, I, I thought you were talking about the art style. I'm saying, like, like, if you're worried about somebody that reading this, that if you're worried about things, or, yeah. if you let them watch Pulp Fiction, sure, you might be okay. Got it. Right. So there's there's your preface, preface about it as a thing. Anyway, um, so when the book first opens up, we join a courtyard. Um, and age-wise, time-wise, Barbaric is set, I don't know, in Barbarian days, Roman days. It's it's nebulously in the past. So when it first opens up, we have a bunch of people in the bazaar, and uh, there's camels and trading going on. And we have a dude with a really long beard who's in the middle of introducing a juggernaut to a fight. And he's uh, got this crowd, he's waving his hands around and talking about, they're going to see the best battle they've ever seen before, and you've never seen warriors of this caliber, and just going on and on and on about it. And he, at that point, he, he introduces the barbarian, which uh, we have this gate open up, and in walks our main character, Owen. And he's carrying his axe, which one side has definitely got a crazy face on it, with teeth. And uh, as he walks in, he's like, huh... This is going to be terrible. That's not what he says, but it's close. <laughs> um, and as he gets up to the guy, the guy's like, you remember what your promise is. You're going to get this work done for me, and I own you. Uh, now go out there and earn your keep. And he's like, I'm going to kill these guys. And uh, Owen's like, can't do it. He's like, what did you just say to me? And he's like, that's not how this works. And uh, Owen takes a sort of explain to him like what it is that he can and can't do. And then, of course, we see the guys he's faced with, and we have these four other dudes, and they're like... Well, explain what he says he can't do. Well, as far as... The axe is going to explain it here in just a minute, yeah, too. Yeah. Oh, didn't already explain it? No, no, no. it's about to. It, it's, it's in the next, you know... It, it, the axe itself basically tells you that the, he at first thirsts for blood, but he can only take out vengeance on the unjust, or it can only attack... Evil people. Evil people and evildoers. But he, doesn't he say it in the page before? Um, it all kind of blends in together. Yeah. Like, when he first says it doesn't work that way. Uh, we set... So from there, we see, like, the, the shot of all the guys he's supposed to fight. We have, like, an orc guy with blue skin and pointy ears. Another dude that looks, I mean, kind of like an orc, but he's got green skin. So there's a whole flavor of different, like, I don't know, unsavory-looking characters. And as he's talking to the axe, the axe is like, huh. He's like, the first two should die for sure, because the axe basically reads off what these men are guilty of and what they have done. So... Even though Owen didn't know that, the axe itself sees that they're evil and that there's reason for them to die. Yeah, he says one of them's a thief, one of them's a something or other, and yeah. The punishment for, for, for a thief, it should be, it should be death because the kind of thief that he is. Right. So basically, like, Owen talks with the axe about getting work done. Well, well, the first one, he says, goes, he sends little kids out to do, like, really terrible things. The second right, one, like, right. beat, beat his wife to death. Right. And the third one was a thief. It, and so the third, the third one, like he's the least worst of all. Of yeah. Them. So he's the one that says like, don't you can't kill the third one. 
Right. Right. And like uh, the guy who's introduced him that's forcing him to go into this battle says, are you talking to your axe? He says, I'm consulting with my axe. So uh, it tells us that normal people can't hear the axe. Um, but Owen does, and we can, because, you know, we're reading it. And then, uh, anyway, Owen turns to him, and he's like, you, you, you'll have your answer. He says, I demand that you do this. And he turns to other guys, and he he basically just takes off after him with the axe, and there's a little banter between them, and that turns into uh, blood and gore. Uh, chops off one guy's arm. Uh, the axe itself bites into one of the guy's necks while it attacks him. So the axe itself is, like, thirsty for blood. And gets drunk on blood. And says blood, 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 oh, yeah, blood, blood, the entire blood. time. So it is a brutal mess. I mean, he, he cuts one guy's arm off. He The axe be, bites into the other guy's neck. He punches the other dude in the face. Tears a guy in half. And we just see blood and cuts going everywhere. The elf dude that was blue, he gets cut basically a leg off from, like, the groin area. Of course, he was the... He was the kid one. Right. Uh, beheads the other dude, and the whole time the axe is just laughing. And then uh, after he slayed the uh, the three of them, he turns to the uh, the guy who had him put him up to it. He's like, yes, yes, barbarian. I couldn't have asked for a better show. And, like, all the people are screaming and throwing money and throwing things at him, like, uh, excitement chanting-wise, because they love the show that got put on for him. And then Owen turns to him, and he's like, you know... For putting this kind of show on in the first place, you're a you're a pretty bad guy too. And my axe, uh, it, it it requires a lot of blood. And uh, as he's talking to the guy, the guy's like, "Well, you can't you can't come after me. We we have a deal. We had a deal." And uh, at that point, the axe has already decided this man is also bad. And so Owen cleaves him from shoulder to I don't know midsection, yes. uh, cutting him in half and leaving him to uh, well, I mean, cuts him in half. It kills him. Because he's also equally bad. I mean, he's the one that set this whole thing up. Murder for sports, evil. Uh, anyway, so then Owen looks at the two guards that were stationed there to basically keep the any of the, the fighters from leaving. He's like, I'm leaving now. Is that going to be a problem? And the two guys are like, uh, we were going to get paid for this, man. You're fine. And so off Owen goes. We're out. Yeah. From there, we get a shot of like what he, what he used to do and how he used to work prior to being cursed. This is what leads up to how we got to where we're at in the first place. So we see, you know, he carouses, he drinks, kills animals, carouses some more, kills people, and he drank. So mostly he drank and, you know, caroused. Uh, at one point we even see these cut off the head of what looks to be Medusa. Yes. So, uh, it was, the dude was good at it. Um, from there we find out at one point in his adventures that led him to a ship. And while he's on this ship, partway through the transit during a crazy sea storm, the men in the ship turn on him, and uh, we will see a couple of the normal ship people get dead. And uh, after these three guys that were like the captain of the ship, and um, I guess the other two mates, Owen tells them to reveal themselves because he knows what they are. And uh, of course, they laugh and say, "You can't make us do anything." And the three men transform into these three witches, old birds. Pretty gross. The fates is kind of the first thing that comes to my mind. That's what they really are. Yeah. And they, the three fates, he says, "Oh, you want to die?" And uh, the, the three of them curse him. And uh, in the process of cursing him, well, he does wind up cutting one of them up pretty good. And uh, the uh, they tell him, well, you know what your fate is. For all the stuff you've done, we're going to show you what your fate's going to be. And uh, they basically sur- tie him up in these tentacles, curse him to do only good, and then show him that what his fate will be if he doesn't obey the curse. And they open this portal to hell, hang him into the portal to hell where he sees... 
just crazy monsters. This giant behemoth demon thing, a uh, skull-faced guy, this crazy walrus-looking dude are all, like, gnashing their teeth because they're in hell. They're suffering in hell, and we see the image of the ship itself floating in hell as well. And the uh, last witch says, uh, and you're, you're going to join them. That's your calling. So if he breaks this curse they put on him, he's damned to hell. Forever. Forever. And uh, from there, we return to the ship, and uh, he's like, well, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to see anymore. And uh, so she says, well, surrender, barbarian, and we, you'll have you'll have your time. And uh, they all evaporate themselves away, leaving him on the ship by himself. And the ship now, the waters have calmed, and it's just out there floating in the ocean. From there, we cut to some time later, and we join Owen... Uh, we don't see him at first, but he's in the pub. We're outside of the pub, and inside there's a guy causing problems, yelling at people, you know, being a normal drunk guy at a bar. And uh, eventually that leads us around to where we see Owen, who's also sitting in the bar, just watching everything happen. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of really good dialogue, setting up how the world works. And um, from there, like, we have a point where uh, the axe is like, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty for blood. And Owen's like, there's not anybody in here that we can, that we can kill. And there's no one, no one summoned you to do anything. And, uh, we cut from there to outside where we see this woman who's being drugged around by these three men. And they're accusing her of being a witch and they're in the process of chaining her up to burn her alive. And, uh, she's of course crying for help. And, uh, eventually Owen winds up hearing that. Does this remind you of Monty Python and the Holy Grail a little bit? Part of the humor for it yes. definitely does. Burn her! She's a witch! Yeah, she okay. turned me into a newt! Yeah, exactly. It's very, it's, it's very clever. Well, and as Owen happens upon this, he's like, can we stop burning women? Jeez. <laughs> can we just stop it? And uh, there's this man who, who tells him, oh, well, she's a witch. And uh, the dude, well, he, he handily handles him. Um, it's it's actually hilarious, but I can't really say anything on here. It's bad, but it, again, it's it's awesome. He gets a hold of his jewels, and it's... Correct. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, anyway, so the axe is just like, can we kill this one? Can we kill that one? He's like, no, we can't do any of that. Um, eventually, the axe tells him, well, you're going to have to help this lady. And he's like, well, I hate witches. So begrudgingly, because she is a witch, but she's asked for help, sort of, him and the axe take to taking apart the uh, men that would trust her up to burn her. And uh, after she gets sort of free, she raises this dead necromancer to help. And, of course, Owen slices that in half. And we find out the truth is that she definitely is a witch, and she's able to use her powers. For sure. Oh, yeah. So she, like, melts the chains off herself and, like, summons a few other little demon things. And so her and Owen take to whooping these guys and these de- demons that rise up. We find out that she wasn't calling them. They are being sent to come after her. Um, and we see one of her other powers is she has a batch of tattoos of swords. And she's able to pull those tattoos off her body into full form shape of swords. Really cool. Yeah. Daggers and weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two of them take through slaughtering all these undead troll zombie things, like cut off heads, daggers everywhere. Uh, the two of them handle them and, and whoop them real good. Uh, we find out that partially what was after her is, was sent by something else. And uh, in the process of uh, her trying to ask him for help and him telling her how much he hates witches... We find out that there's this giant floating castle on the hill that's been infested by a, uh, oh gosh, he's not a vampire, but that's kind of what he's doing. Uh, like an evil mage type. Sure. And uh, she was in the process of trying to 
liberate this castle of these demon things, and that's why she was being attacked in the first place in the village. And so, uh, she basically asked him to help her take care of the problem. He's like, now I'm screwed. And so we end with them looking on through the village up at this giant castle on the hillside with these crazy eyes floating behind it what looks like a dragon serpent. Um, and so begrudgingly, he becomes a team with her. Did you talk about the axe talking to the, to the witch? Oh, yeah. No, I missed that part. I didn't get to that. Um, at one point, she responds to the axe, and he's like, hang on, you can hear this thing? Right. So uh, she, being an enchantress herself, can also speak with the axe. Because to Owen, is completely surprised. He was surprised by it entirely. So as it turns out, the axe, whenever it talks normally, Owen, Owen hears it, no, no normal people do. But apparently where she sits in the world, she's able to hear it as well. And the thing that's wrapped around the castle is also in the same spirit realm. Right. Seems so normal people can't see it, but her and Owen can because of what it is. Yeah, he calls it uh, a monastery covered by a demon cloud. Right. The first thing that comes to my mind is because it is a serpent, is like the world serpent from like Norse mythology. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. But When it catches tail finally at the end of the world. Right. Yeah. Well, he's a barbarian. So I mean, it could be, it could be, because that's like from Norse, like Viking-ish mythology. But well, we have Medusa, and we have, uh, I mean, kind of a bunch of other things that kind of point towards a, a bunch of different mythology, which I think is really cool, right? And like, like orcs in in a bunch of other. I mean, just because you're used to seeing like Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, like orcs are normally green, like orcs, orcs and goblins are green like that. So those are definitely orcs and goblins. So what's the blue guy? Is he? Because the blue guy is going on with the pointy ears. I guess he could be an elf. They didn't really say what he was. Yeah, he's kind of greenish. I think he'd be some sort of that's elf. Gre- that's a greenish. That's a that's, green? That's, that's another kind mm. of goblin, probably. There's a difference between an orc and a goblin. Orc goblin, yeah. Sure. Orc, orc He looks blue to me, but I guess it could be an off green. Either direction. I mean, it's different colors, skin, cr- crazy characters. That's when he gets his leg cut off, which is crazy. Um, As far as, like, books, I mean, score-wise, I give it a four and a half. It's a fun read. Um, I mean, it is it is a mature reader, so I mean, as far as that goes, you know, be I mean, aware, I guess. You did a pretty job, good job in like <clears throat> downplaying like the matureness of the book, but sure. like it also kind of downplays how great the book is. Right, it's a big part of like, what makes it like awesome. the way the way that you had to do the book because of of the way that like the talking and the violence and the swearing and the oh, it does disservice to it hundred percent. Yeah, like it, it's it's one of those things. Like, and even like even you saying like 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 you said Krauss like nine thousand times, which I mean that means just getting really really drunk, and that's not what you're talking. Like, that's not what you're when you were saying Krauss, and like in those like that's not what that means. Oh, and it's not? no, I mean just getting really drunk is all that means. Huh. But like, but I'm glad that you said it the way that you did. So let's just say that he was getting really drunk in those things. Sure, sure. Because like that's I mean again you're downplaying a situation that's just like. This is such a brilliant book, and to not do it on the podcast is a, a disservice. But to like to do it properly, there's no other way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like yeah. you're you're doing it like in a way that is just like I gotta do this a little bit. But so it's such a brilliant book, and like I mean, it's it's what I always hoped cross gen comics would like. It's it reminds me of the really good cross gen comics sure. things, and like an adult like it, like. <clears throat> they let people kind of do whatever in those books. Sojourn was brilliant. Like, like oh, there's mul- those multiple ones are brilliant, but like this, I feel like it have fit in that because it's it's a it's a really cool fantasy book. And oh like, sure, like style wise, it would have fit right in that style. Book. Super really cool fantasy book, but it's also like 
really, really, really abrasive, like with adult themed things. And so, sure, which is fantastic. Which I, I would never, I would never even take a second thought of it. You know what I mean? Like now in my life, right? Um, but it's really, really, really good book. I give it a four and a half. Also, um, I, I hope it continues on as good as it is. Well, the way they're doing it, they're it, doing it, it's kind of jumpy in the scenes with the witches at the beginning when he's just like, he's going back, oh, and this is how it goes. Like, they never really talk about like why his axe becomes the thing. Like, they're just kind of like, you're cursed. Right. And the axe is to do good. Happens and, to also you know, be cursed, I guess. Well, and that's like, it's through his axe, which is what, like, they, I mean, I think there's, yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some scenes. I'm saying, okay, why, why didn't you, like, why was the axe the thing and like the best they, like but then the witches never touch on the axe, so it's just right. like they touch on him. And you don't like talk about like when he like they literally send him to hell, like this is what you like if you like here's the deal, we're gonna give you a choice. Either like stay on stay alive and do good and like be forced to do good for the rest of your life, or and he's like, Can I see that one more time? Yeah. Send me to hell one more time. Yeah. Can you show me? I did. No. And they're time. like, No. Like, no. Like <laughs> He's like, oh, fine. And so it's like, it wasn't even like they were, he was almost like, I'm willing to take hell. Yeah, it was almost the almost. He's like, I'd rather him. fight these dudes for the rest of my life than deal with being a good person. Right. Yeah, as far as the thing, it, it's it's written really, really well, and it's super, it's funny, it's fun. And you don't really, I Man. mean, you didn't really bring up that fact that, like, the more he kills, the drunker the axe gets. I was just going to get oh, to yeah, that. Yeah. The, the like axe. that. That's like the number one part of the yeah. plot, like, that, like... The axe, like the he the, starts hiccuping the, because he's he's obviously so drunk, intoxicated. It's like the old school cartoon drunk with like <laughs> exactly, and like and right. he's just like and he's like you're just drunk, and he's like no, I'm not. Like that's not a thing you can't do that, right? Like just like just because I'm drunk doesn't mean you're like, it's not okay. No, and he's can't. raving because he's blood. like because he's in the pub. The one scene, like the one guy's telling the story of something that he had done, right? He's like, isn't that your story? He's like, yeah, is that okay? He's like, no, you can't kill somebody for like. Stealing your story—that's not a killable offense, right? He's like, well, "Come on, man!" He's just like, "Nah." Yeah, the axe is kind of like his Jiminy Cricket, like what you can do and can't do. But the drunk—it gets drunk on blood and just wants to kill, which is pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's it's awesome. Like as far as the series issue issue one's gone second print. I mean, it went to second print before the book even came out. So, I, as far as a thing, that's good number wise. Uh, it, it's the, the first series is going to be a three part, and what the guy said on the interview. So if you listen to the episode, this is just regurgitation because you've heard this already. Uh, they're planning to do it as a batch of mini series. So the first run is three issues, and then whatever the next adventure was will be the next set of books. So they want to do it like the way the they used to do Hellboy, where five issues would be one story, and whether you read the first volume, second volume, third volume didn't necessarily matter as long as you knew Hellboy was from Hell. So similar concept. So issue two is already dropped. Um, three comes out. I want to say at the end of this month. So it'll be interesting to see what they announce afterwards. Um, we did see Nathan is currently listed on another book over at Vault uh, that's going to come out. I think in October. I don't remember the name of it. I was trying to remember it while I was thinking about while I was going through the book, but I don't remember. So <clears throat> we already know he's on to another project as far as a thing. But he did say as long as they had the stories to write, he'd be happy to draw it. So. I do, I do think that like, I, the one thing I will say about this is, see, and the CBS, we talked about this a million times, 
Brown, and like, I don't know if you, if I've said this enough in front of you that like, I judge a book more by its writing more than by the right. art. Story over art. But as far as the art goes in this book, I would give, the, on an art level, I'd give it way lower score because like, the art's messy. And it's one of those books to me that like, sometimes like, the art's too messy. And I hope as the book goes on, that the artist gets comfortable enough with a character because it's such a cool character that they start cleaning that up a little bit. Like, sometimes I think that an artist needs a little bit of time to, like, start getting those pages a little bit more cleaned up. Like, they get there's too much, like, blood splatter and too much crazy and chaos that sometimes you're not sure what's going on because not only do you have, like, the axe swinging, but you also have the axes alive and the mouth that's open, and then it's just it's decapitating somebody in half. It's just, like, there's so much stuff. It's just, like, the art is messy, and like it could be done in a way cleaner matter, and I think that like I think that that takes away from the book sometimes. And I, but I mean, ultimately, like the story reads well enough that like I kind of like I I I sped over the art and just like was able to read the the dialogue and like the actual story and like that it pulled me away from like the the messiness of the art, in my opinion. Like it's just sometimes it's too much. It's just like it's just cluttered and kind of messy and like. I keep repeating myself, but messy is like the only word I can say. Like it's just, it's just kind of like uh, it's too dark in some scenes and too like cluttered and just this, this, this it's a, it's a, there's a weirdness to it. And I think that if they like, I don't know, just kind of. I think that well, was my, that's, that's my, that's my biggest negative on this book. See, and that's one of the places I like the most. It's just that it's so much chaos, and maybe it's just because of the style of mess, like. Yeah, I feel like it fits the style of book that it is. But I can see what you mean. There's a lot happening in every panel. Even in the small panels, there's a lot happening. There's a cleaner version that you can sure. do. And I just think that, like, it's kind of like... For you, it's or, just too messy. Yeah, I mean... Sure. It's not It's not unbearable by any means. Like, it's... it's but uh, sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, geez. Like, this, this, this scene could have been way cooler if it would have been drawn just a little bit better. And, like, it just kind of... It's just a lot... I'm on the other side of it. I'm, I'm with CVS on this. I think that the art is perfect for the book. Um, and I kind of enjoy how messy it is when you have um, everything that's going on. I'll tell you what sells it for me multiple times is this panel right here with the, the giant demon in this boat and the, the depictions of hell are just stellar. Um, I'm with you guys. I give it a four and a half. Um, I, I really don't have anything negative to say. Um, when a book's so good, not, not to, like, not no, 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 but like when a book's so good, like I do have to talk about like some negativities sure. and that's just, and like there are certain scenes where like his facial expressions aren't, I think certain artists could have done it. Like it, it's almost, he has the same expression every single panel. Like they don't folk, like he just always has the same, like, and he's such an interesting character and he's such a, a jerk. Sure. That's just like, you could you could almost make the book better if you just took some time and like made his expressions a little bit better. I, I see what you're saying. I, I I see that it can be cleaner. Um, but I mean, I think I, I think for the tone of the book, it makes a lot of sense. For the time period that it is, it makes a lot of sense. I think the banter that happens back and forth makes a lot of sense when he's talking about what he used to do, which is fighting and drinking and fighting and drinking, and he breaks the fourth wall with Medusa's head. I love that. Um, I love that his name is Owen. Right. He talks about it. He's like, it's like it's hard. It's hard to be named Owen. It's um, yeah. I again, 
Um, you know, I'd, I'd give it a four and a half. Uh, I, I don't know why I'd give it quite a five. Maybe I wasn't. Oh man, I guess I could. I don't know. It's four and a half. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing though. Every vault comic you bring me lately, I am really enjoying this and Blue Flame. Was oh, yeah. Incredible. Um, it, it, vault is absolutely knocking it out of the park with. Um, I feel like new concepts. Um, yeah. um, new concepts and new tricks that are really, really making headway and. And um, obviously showing some amazing talent, amazing talent. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the whole group over there has been killing it. Like it's as a company, they're they're firing real well, cylinder wise. Like there's a lot of good stuff coming out of there. There's a newer book called uh, "The Last Book You'll Ever Read." The first issue of it came out maybe two weeks ago. It's good too. I mean, it's a totally different kind of spin, but it's good. So yeah, style wise, company wise, they're they're finding some pretty good. Pretty good stuff and pretty interesting concepts. I think I gave that blue flame a four and a half as well. It's just probably yeah, great. Probably. Yeah, it was great, great too. Very different kind of story yes. too, like entirely. <laughs> but yeah, I loved it. I loved this book. This is this is probably my my uh, second favorite for the evening. Um, like just little random details I thought were cool. Like since we're doing three books, I'll do a couple. Like her, like his his new like basically like journey counterpart person the the witch woman at the end mm-hmm. like in old school tattooing like if you had like if, if you did like a sailor or you did like a like a, a female some sort of like crazy t- tattoo of a girl or a man or any, anything you want that you if you want your tattoo to have tattoos they always do that blue line work and so like how she has blue tattoos tat like they're like it's a light like blue color right right on her skin yeah. That's how, like, when you get a tattoo of something on you that has a tattoo, that's how they always portray that. Like, the old Sar- Sailor Jerry, like, like, a uh, Matt, like, a uh, like, uh, Hardy, uh, whatever, Hardy. Ed Hardy. Ed Hardy. Like, that's, that's that style. That's, like, what they would do in the old school. Like, hmm. when, like, something else. Like, that's kind of like a throwback to even that, which I thought was neat. All right. I didn't know that. That's I cool. didn't, yeah, I didn't either. And I think that it is, it's done well enough that, like, as it gets into, like, the second, third issues, they start to really, like, embrace the characters in the moments when, like, and so, like, I think that, like, it'll, it'll make a huge difference. Like, and usually when I do, when I see an indie book like this, I'm like, eh, it's really good, but, like, I have a feeling it's going to drop off. But I think this one has a potential to be, like, a really good, like, like a really good book through the whole, the, through the whole thing. And I sure. think that, like, as time goes on, they're going to really like come into their own. Right on. Well, as far as the thing, yeah, the, both the guys are pretty stoked about it, and they're as far as like a uh, a group, like it's uh, Vault's been killing it, and Nathan's a big part of that. Like he's the oh gosh, he's the art director at Vault as well. So like job wise, like where he fits in the company is crazy, and the, they're only like a couple years old. Um, him and his cousin started it, so it's it's wild. But it's as far as like a, a book, yeah, man. I wish him all the best because this thing is freaking awesome. Agreed. All right, so we'll change flavors all together. Josh, you want to tell me a story about uh, Superman? Uh, Superman, Son of Kal El, number one. Twenty-two pages of action, all in full color. The beginning story of the daring exploits of the twenty-first century Superman. Pretty cool. It's got like the old school uh, action comics. Oh, uh, the cover. Yeah, yeah. 
the yellow border and the picture frame in the middle. Pretty neat. Uh, it's written by Tom Taylor. John Timms is the artist. And I'll tell you first and foremost, like, the uh, art in this is fantastic. So. Oh yeah, it's good. Timms is awesome. He's great. Starts off with a cow. Hello. Flying into a, um, and it says above Earth then. And it's, he's flying into some sort of, um, intergalactic, the galaxy's under attack battle. And, uh, it's John talking. John's like the sun. And he says, my dad says it was the single greatest day of his life. The galaxy was under attack. Though he missed that that wasn't the best part of it. He was doing what he does, trying to save the world. And then it's like Cal talking and, uh, Green Lantern's talking to him. They're like, Superman, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. He's like, He's like, it's a planetary invasion, John. He's talking to John Stewart. John Stewart's green. And John Johns, both. John yeah, Johns. And, both and it's just like, a, he's like, you have somewhere to be. And no, it's an attempted planetary invasion. I've seen far more impressive ones. And so everybody came to keep telling him, hey, blah, blah, blah. Hey, what are you doing it's, here, bud? It's, it, it's an attempted, go on, go and get. And uh, he's like, go, get to the fortress. And he, so he, Next scene is, uh, he leaves space and, you know, John Stewart's there, John Johnson, they're like, defending and doing their thing. So he flies and he ends up, he's back at the fortress and Batman's standing outside of the front of the fortress solitude and Bat, and Superman asks, he's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm standing guard. He's like, you know, there's a planetary invasion occurring. And Batman says, well, it's an attempted planetary invasion. I'm receiving updates. I can protect your family and the planet at the same time. He's like, right, right, right. Because you're Batman. He's like, We'll keep the world safe, Clark. We know you have something more important to do. You should get in there. And then it's just like the one of the most like I almost got misty. One of the coolest scenes in a comic I've seen in a long time, actually. When it's Superman and Batman and they're shaking hands and Superman puts his arm on him. He's like, Thanks for being here, Bruce. And Bruce, which I'm gonna call him in this scene, says, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be anywhere else. Goes inside and Wonder Woman's with Lois and uh they're like contractions are five minutes apart. You know, I got the little like Fort Assaulted robots. And she's doing, you know, Lois is doing what Lois does. She's like, hey, Smallville, cutting kind of close, aren't you, for a man who's faster than a speeding bullet? And he's like, is no one worried about the alien invasion? And Lois is like, there's an alien invasion? <laughs> and Wonder Woman's like, it's an attempted. Attempted. Alien right. invasion. They just keep saying that. Allegedly. <laughs> which makes me laugh so hard. Oh, yeah. It's, it's perfect. All of every. I don't think there's a character that just like, doesn't say attempted. It's great. And Wonder Woman says, but the birth of this child is the single most important event occurring. Your son could be the greatest hero this world has ever seen. And Lois is like, can we maybe wait until he's breathing outside of an amniotic sac before pushing unfair expectations on him? Because <laughs> I mean, that's pretty pressure. It's a pretty big, yeah, it's a pretty big thing to carry. And she's like, of course, I'm sorry, Lois. And then she asks if if she could have a moment, and that's the two of them staring at each other, like Cal and Lois. And she asks him if he's okay, and he's like, "Me." And then it goes back to John's like dialogue, and he's like, "My parents, two of the bravest people I know, and we were both scared." And it goes into the whole, like how Superman very rarely feels truly powerless. And I bring up this one scene specifically a million times on this podcast, and CBS knows what it is. And it's like, it's a moment when, like, Superman was, um, uh, it was Cat Grant's son had gotten kidnapped by Toy Man. And, like, 
Toy Man had kidnapped a bunch of other little kids, and Cat Grant's son, like, led all of them to safety, but when he did that, he sacrificed himself because Superman was his hero. And, like, Toy Man got Cat Grant's son and killed him. And he was... Cat Grant was one of his best friends growing up, and she was a TV reporter, and she came from Smallville as well. And, like, Cat Grant's son, because of his love and respect and honor for Superman, like, did what he thought a hero should do and got all those kids to safety, but he didn't make it. And Superman felt like he failed. And Toy Man was just a man. He was just like, he, he didn't have any superpowers. He was just like, a, like he would just make these things. And, and like, Superman flies home to Samoa and he, like, cries to his mom and dad and, like, you know, Mon Pa can. He's just like, I could have done more. I could have done more. They're like, son, you did everything you could. You gave that kid, and like, they gave him the whole spiel. Like, you gave that kid everything that he needed to save all the rest of the kids. So you did what you could do in that situation. He's like, you can't save them all. And he's like, but I'm Superman. I should be able to save them all. And so, like, this is what kind of like the son of Superman. Like, I always thought that was kind of a cheesy thing. But as you read, this is the first time I've read. I've read in, in a lot of other books, and this is the first time I've been like, okay, I'm starting to get, like, this could be a really cool character. As long as you keep Cal in the picture. Sure. But anyway, like, Sup- Superman in this one feels helpless, because there's nothing they can do. Like, Lois is pregnant with a Kryptonian human half-and-half son, who if you go back to watch Mallrats, like, Lois gets a tan, the kick you kick the right through her stomach, I don't know how that's not a thing. But it's a possibility. I mean, in real life, I mean, they, they don't say, they don't come out and say it here, but they're like, you know, he says, my dad spent eight months listening intently to two heartbeats and hoping. I love that so much. And, and I remember distinctly Kingdom Come, especially, he's always talking about how, you know, he could hear Lois's heartbeat no matter what. And then he paid attention to Bruce's heartbeat. And this was a callback for me to go, Wow, this guy, yeah, I mean, obviously, of course, you care about your son, but was so intent and so uh, focused that no matter what he was doing, he could hear Lois and his son's heartbeat from wherever he was and whatever he was doing. It's brilliant. So good. It, and they talk about how he's going to be a baby of two worlds and a million things can go wrong. And, and Lois just comforts in this moment, she's in labor. Contractions are five minutes apart. And she's the one that's just like, she's the one like in the midst. And she goes, Hey, I love you. And I don't regret anything. I just want to meet him. Uh, and like to like calm, like, which Clark is always, he's always even killed. He's always, he's always the one that everybody looks yeah. to in the storm. That's why he's like, that's why some people are like, oh, Superman, big blue boy scout, and this and this and this. Like, but he's, he's always the one. He's always the one that keeps the, the, the ship true. Like, he's always the one that, like, guides the whole DC universe, because they all look to him as, like, this pinnacle. Yeah. He's, he's the first. And know? we've talked about this so many times, and this, these couple panels do such a good job putting you in that morality moment that makes Superman so much more, exactly, human, so much more than what everyone says, oh, Superman sucks, blah, 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 blah. Shut up, you haven't read enough Superman, because this is what it's about. Because Superman, he's written properly, and when he's written properly, he's incredible. It's incredible. It's like this. It's It's a relatable thing. You're telling me that I can relate to this guy who's the most 
powerful being on the planet. Wow, that's incredible. It's good writing, man. That's all there is to it. Yeah. And then you have John's dialogue box, and he's like, but they decided I was a risk worth taking. And it shows, like, Cal and Lois, and, like, they're holding their son. And they, and, and she and Lois says, as she's crying, she's like, hello, John. You know, and then, like, the Fortress Solitude robots are all flying around, or, like, probably taking care of every medical need, because, like, that's just what they do. And then uh Batman and Deanna, Wonder Woman, are, are standing outside the fortress, like, with the door shut, like, so they can be protected. And John's dialogue box says, Four of the greatest heroes in the world were there for my birth. It's a bit to live up to. And Batman says, I've run some tests. His unique physiology, Kryptonian and human, he could be, he'd be more than Clark. And Deanna says, You know, Bruce, you have a reputation. It isn't helped by conducting tests of an onboard child on our, of our friends. But regardless of his powers, he'll have the compassion of Superman and the fierce commitment of Lois Lane. Which is like, it's pretty impressive. It's a good, it's a good breakdown. Superman's compassion is unparalleled, right? In the in the in the DCU, like it is the DC universe. Like there's nobody that has more compassion than him. Like he he loves everything. He is like he's an adopted son of not just the United States of America, but of Earth. Like right. he's humanity, loved, but yeah. he's humanity. loved like. Like, like all those Alex Ross books that they put out where he's like doing things, like he's just like, that's what he's all about. And Lois Lane is like, ooh, she's a fierce woman for sure. Yeah, she's like, she's the most non superhero superhero. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So then it like goes, um, flash forwards to California now, and there's just, Massive wildfires and firemen, and it's like he could be anything. It's like all these firemen doing things. It's like John Kent could be the best of us, and like these things are going on. And then I'll faster than fate, and like John Kent like flies in and like helps the family and uses his like cold breath and like does things. He's like he's like it's going to be okay, guys. He's like and as powerful as hope. I was like like we can we can fight this, and he's like. Together, he's helping the firefighters, like, fight this fire. Like, firefighters said this is a once-in-a-hundred-year fire. Seems like we have those every year now. A decade of record-high temperatures. The whole area is a tinderbox, but this fire didn't need a spark. And then you hear like, somebody yelling, stay back. He's like, and there's the spark. Can he- we pause real quick? Because mm-hmm. having the... I, just just that hit me was the... Not faster than a speeding bullet. Not can leap things. It's... It, Faster than destiny, more powerful than hope. Like they compare him to his dad. Well, m- more than that, they right. compare him to these unstoppable forces. I mean, you can't stop hope. You know, I, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I loved that. I thought it was so cool. Proper words, just you couldn't get any better. No, and and again, like when John first came around, it's kind of like this crazy thing where like. They did the new 52 and they had this, this Superman who was like dark and brooding and like trying to be like, he's like, they focus more on the alien nature of who he mm-hmm. was and he like, he wasn't like quite accepted and it's like, that's not Superman. That doesn't make any sense. And then the real Superman was like there in the shadows, kind of watching everything go on and then they touched each other and they morphed and did this thing where they became the same person. There's a whole storyline with Mixoplex and merging of, merging of people. It's crazy. Right. Right. 
but ultimately what shakes out is this old school Superman with all the memories. And so that's where we're at now. But then you have like, John comes along and he's like a little kid at the time and him and Damien become best friends, which is like super crazy, but super hilarious at the same time. Cause they're like such opposites. And John was this cool little kid in like jeans and like a Superman shirt kind of like tucked in with like a little, little teen cape. And they like, they'd, they'd go out and that when they weren't supposed to and get in trouble. But like, John would be like, I don't know if we should do this. And Damien like, we're going to do it because you know what? That's what we're doing. <laughs> Damien's a punk. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I like Damien, but he's a punk. And which, and one of the things that happened that I really was bummed out about, which they're kind of glazing over a little bit, was that like John left for a while with his like his grandpa. Yeah, Jarrell. Which like Jarrell ended up being a really big bad guy. Kind of, yeah. But like he like left with him and like aged up. In New 52? After New 52. Oh, after? So during, in Rebirth? Rebirth, yeah. Yeah, and he like aged up and then came back and he's like, was like. He's a teenager now. He was like. Damien's still like 11. Yeah, Damien was like 11 and like John was like 16. So it was like, they weren't like kids together anymore. Like John was a little older. So it seemed a little odd. But they, I mean, they continued to be friends, which I mean, Damien was still always kind of a little bit more mature because he was like. I got raised by assassins. <laughs> I'm of a demon. Yeah. So John flies into this. He's looking for the spark that started this fire. You have like the military firing at this thing, and this this person's like yelling, "Leave me alone!" And like electricity and flames and heat, and, and like and like the military's like, "Keep firing, keep firing!" And he's like, "We can't take it down, Captain. Our bolts are melting in the air." And he's like, "Pull it back." Like, and then, like, somebody's like, I'm calling an air support, and they launch a missile, and John's like, nope. And, like, grabs a missile out of the air, cuts it in half with his heat vision. And he's like, call off the attack. And then the military, like, leader, like, whoever, he's like, I don't take orders from you, kid. Half the state is on fire. We need to put this monster down. And he's like, he's not a monster. And then John, in her dialogue, says, I can see past this light. I can pass the heat. I can see the fear. And the, and the guy's, this, this thing is, this guy, this, person is saying stay back please don't come any closer he's like i know you're scared but i promise don't hurt you and you can't hurt me he's like hi i'm john he's like, i i don't know who i am i don't know how i got here i don't know what's happening to me and then you know john's inner dialogue again is like pulse is racing i can feel the temperature increasing with his heartbeat and then he says that he's like i think you're your heat is connected to your stress levels and being on fire and under attack from the military looks pretty stressful He's like, I'm scared. He's like, I know, it's okay. Close your eyes and breathe, man. Close your eyes and just breathe. And John embraces him. Like, he brings him in for a hug. And he's like, just come here, man. Like, just breathe. Just calm down. He's like, I got you. And the guy just, like, totally takes a deep breath. And, like, the fire just goes out. And then, like, the guy is just, just super, just, he's it's just exhausted. And uh the military guy runs up. He's like, good job, kid. Thanks. We'll take it from here. And then the... Uh, the guy, like, the guy that he just took down, like, basically said, John? Like, he's like, Captain, this man isn't in control of his power, and it seems to be triggered by anxiety. He's like, I, I see, we'll take it from here. He's like, but meanwhile, this forest fire is burning out of control. I'm threatening property. Can you help us out? And he's like, and the, and the guy says, like, it's all right. Other people need you. Thank you. He's like, this wasn't your fault, man. You'll be okay. He's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean for this to happen. And then, like, the, the military, like, whoever, the sergeant guy was like, we know, and then like blast the dude in the head with the, the the butt of his like stock of his gun, and John like instantly is like Shoo! like it was like no, he's like what did you do that? He's like I'm not risking my people by having him conscious. Now put him down and turn him over. 
And John's like, no. I was like, think hard, kid. You really want to go against your government? And then he's, it's just, it's John sitting there holding him as the guy's unconscious. And then like, you see another word bubble now, which is actually, I didn't notice this until like, you see the, the red R. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't recognize the red R until just now. And I like, oh. I, th- I, th- I thought the costume was like a little bit that way, but I was like, eh, cause I don't know. But you'd think by this point he might be already, but you flash forward to the next scene. It's just like, it's Damien in the island of Corto Maltese. And it's a, uh, but then you turn him over to the military and you don't even know if you've actually saved him or made his life worse. And John's like, yeah, I'm worried about, am I worried about nothing? He's like, hell no. This guy could easily be in mid autopsy with his powers being extracted and weaponized this very moment. Pure Damien. Oh, like, yeah. Just being like, dude, what are you doing? Are you stupid? Yep. Like, what's up with it? Exactly. Come on, man. Exactly. He's like, I'm supposed to be, he's like, I'm supposed to be off for grid. How'd you find me? He's like, I have super speed, x-ray vision, telescopic vision. I know the sound of your heartbeat, Damien. You look like you've been beaten up. And he's like, yeah, you look like you've been on fire. Which, those, these guys' relationships are rad. It's just like Bruce and, and Cal or Clark. I, what do you want to call him? Is like, I don't know. Their banter, I think, is almost better because it's, it's, it seems quicker. It seems. Well, it's, if, if you go back and you read like Batman, uh, Batman, Superman, Batman, Superman, Superman, Batman, Superman, yeah, sure. The two of them are like, like, there's times when, like, uh, the McGinnis run. Yep. When it first started and stuff, like, they, they go against, like, the Adam, they go about Hawkman, yeah. they go about Shazam, they go about through all these people, and like, versus Lex Luthor, ultimately, like, there's, like, all these different heroes, and they just, like, they just, like, whoop them, man. Like, just the two of them, they're so smart together. And you, you don't realize that, like, like, Superman is just as smart, if not smarter than Batman, because his brain works on such a higher level, like, like, learning languages, learning, like, he just, his brain, like, not, his body's not just the super part, his whole, everything is, like, his brain is part of that, so he's... He's on the same level. So when Batman, like, that's why Batman respects him so much. They're, they're so just like, then that's what I think is right, rad about that. Like, their sons are kind of. Damien's funnier, I think, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Well, well funnier than Bruce. I yeah, guess. Damien, yeah. Bruce is so not funny. funny. Yeah. Bruce isn't funny ever. The funniest thing Bruce ever did is knock out Guy Garner. Exactly. <laughs> it is funny whenever Damien, whenever John says that Damien looks like he's been beat up, it's because in Robin, Damien's series, he is in the middle of a. The tournament. Basically a battle tournament, like Mortal right. Kombat. Mortal Kombat, yeah. So, like, maybe that's not what it's called. That's basically what it is. And you look like you've been on fire. Right. <laughs> Hilarious. He's like, you know, there's a bunch of... So, John says, you know, there's a bunch of ninjas above that alley. He's like, yeah, I'm in the middle of the tournament. One of the competitors probably wants me dead rather than fight me. You mind if I deal with this while we talk? So, he's like, he's like, he's so, like, not... He's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. We'll figure it out. He's like, so what's up? He's like, I, I just, I guess I'm trying to work out who I am, and I wanted to talk to you because, he's like, because I'm your only friend that you're not related to. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you really should do something about that. You need to find a way to not be you 24-7. And he's like, you good at taking a break? Like, or he's like, you at, at taking a break, are you? He's like, we're discussing your character flaws, not mine. He's like, and how could I be someone else? I'm not. I am one of the most recognizable people on the planet. He's like, my father's Batman. You think we can't build another identity? Leave it to me. He's like, oh, thanks. And like some, like, and as things are going on, like ninjas are hitting him too. And like, like, like ninja stars bouncing off the side of his head and like hitting him with swords and like, ding, ding, ding. And he's just like, kind of like, and like, he does every once in a while. And like, finally, someone tries to kick his head and grabs it. And the ninja's like, this hardly seems like a fair fight. He's like, a fair fight? You try to ambush and assassinate my best friend. Also, Ninja's supposed to be silent. I shouldn't hear you complain. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, 
So Damien says, like, get what's bugging you. There's nothing heroic about serving the status quo. I mean, there's a reason I'm a vigilante. He's like, I don't want to put out fires and ignore, and ignore, but, but ignore the cause. He's like, exactly, but it's easy to punch a ninja. A little harder to punch the climate crisis, inequality, the erosion of a free press, and the rise of demagogues. But with what I see, with what I can do, is like, I know you can literally change the world. That's a lot, and I imagine it's damn scary. He's like, here, I want you to watch something. It's an underground stream called The Truth. They report what others are are too afraid to. He's like, I have to go. But you're the son of Lois Lane. She's dedicated her life to exposing corruption and injustice. Of course, you feel like you should do more. I know I do, John said. He's like, I just don't want to overstep and make people nervous. He's like, there are some people in this world who can do with being a little nervous. What do you want that symbol to stand for? He's like, truth, justice, and a better world. He's like, I just want to help. He's like, good. It's time for Superman to stop fighting the symptoms. You're powerful enough to be the cure. He's like, ooh. And then it shows him flying above the earth. And he says, next, fight for truth. And I'll tell you, man, like, I'm not sure when this is taking place. Is this, like, current continuity? He's like, what's, I don't know. It's current. After the... After Future State, this is all before Future State. So Future State's the end goal theoretically from this. So this is taking place currently, because Robin's book is taking place currently, and that's when he mentions the tournament, he's mentioning his own book. So it's all current continuity right now, as far as timeline's concerned. But as far as story, I mean, it's written really, really well. I mean, Tom Taylor kills it. So good. Like, he's, yeah, he's so good in this book. Um, Do you have a score for that book there, Josh? It's hard to give a perfect rating on a book, but like as a first issue and the perfect art and the brilliant story and it tells the story of how I believe I don't I I've given two fives on this podcast. I give this a five. Across the board I'm surprised that I did like I give this a five. Like when you told me that you'd like you're like, Oh I think you like this book a lot and it's like, eh, we'll see. But like nine, it's really it's a really brilliant, brilliantly done book. Like the writing is brilliant, the art's brilliant. Like what, whether I don't know. Like I was blown away. Excellent, Mister Brown. I'm also going to give this book a five. I've never <laughs> given a five on, on. I've never done it. Um, this book is incredible. My only part, and I can't fault anybody. Um, I would have chose a variant cover because I just looked them up and. Man, are they cool. Uh, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the throwback, um, but I can't fault the book for that. I would have picked up a variant just because, specifically, by the way, this one of, uh, this one of John just over with the sun is just oh, yeah. killer. Just, just beautiful. Um, the art in this is stellar. I, I can't say that enough. The story is perfect. Um, and obviously we talked, you know, in the middle of it, but that human aspect that they give, um, Superman, they obviously give the John. Um, I didn't get teary eyed, but it definitely did pull at my heartstrings as well when, you know, Batman and Superman are sitting there shaking hands and it's, you know, you know, give Lois giving birth to John. I, it's, yeah, um, I, I have no negative things to say, but it's a five for me for sure. All the way. How about you? We gonna go all the way around, man. 
there is that one's as, cool too. Yeah, that one's really cool. But I think this one's my favorite, right? When it comes to covers, oh yeah, I do like that. That's one. the throwback. Super Sense throwback. Yeah, cover yeah. is probably the coolest cover. But this one's the best one, I think. That like the regular stuff, right? Uh, There's some great covers. Him just sitting over Earth with the sun. There's a family portrait one that's really cool. That one right there. I think um, the I like one it. with him over the Superman symbol is oh, really neat yeah. as well. Um, man, this book is great. Not a good issue. Like a lot of good covers. Yeah. Let's see. As far as score, I mean. It is really good, and like Tom Taylor, he's he's awesome, and John Timms also awesome. So like, I mean, they're both fantastic. The colors on the book is really sharp too, and I couldn't tell you the name because I don't know that, but it's it's really good. Um, you know, man, yeah, I give it a five too. Like it's really yeah, good. Uh, like the throwback pieces, the whole color says Gabe Eltib. Oh, also fantastic, Gabe Eltib, yeah. The way the book moves is really cool. I like how we're being told the story of John's birth from John. Because we have not seen that yet. Not really, no. Like, as a thing, whenever we first meet him, it's in that uh, miniseries where Superman is re- re- get revealed that regular Superman is still around, so we have two Supermans, and somehow him and Lois and John have survived into this reality without any precursor of the other reality when it went away. So, like, as a thing, he's already, like, a ten-year-old boy when we meet him. Originally. Right. Uh, but as far as, like, the story, the way this thing plays, like, the way the Justice League works with it, the way uh, Diana and Batman are there, and just, like, the way all that stuff plays out is just so well thought out. And the dialogue between people and between characters is just, it is just spot on. Dude, the way he talks to this guy who's having this episode, who is right. just engulfed in flames, is so... Uh, accurate. It's, and not even just flames, like, he's so hot that, like, bullets are melting before they get exactly. to him. It, exactly. It's, it's, and he's like, dude, you're okay. And then at the end, I thought a, a perfect touch was, this wasn't your fault. This wasn't your fault. It's okay. That's amazing. That, it, so, a writer really had to think about, but then, what would this character say to somebody afterwards? But as you read it, and you're going through, like, Batman and Wonder Woman talking about him, and his parents talking about him, and like seeing him do all the right things, and then he goes to Damien, and he's like, and then you just let him take him, yeah. So he he did make a mistake. So he did make a mistake, a moral mistake. He's like, I shouldn't have let him take him. And, like, and, da- and Damien's like, Yeah, you shouldn't have. You're an idiot. Right. They're probably cutting his brain open right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, he's he's still learning. Yeah, but I'm but I'm that's what I'm saying. Like. They show him as this perfect thing. Like, they lead up to him being so perfect and so fantastic and, like, the perfect son. And, like, and then all of a sudden he's just, like, but he's still, like, a kid. He still yeah. has, like, still he's, like, I'm still, and he's going to his best friend to be, like, what do I do, man? Uh, that's that's part of what's priceless about it is that the way the characters interact with each other is so well thought out and so well delivered. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's part of the whole reason why it's such a good book. Like, the backstory, the front story, freaking awesome. Is that a black mask? No. Who's that? Um, that is Mr. Bones. It's an ad in the back of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, uh... Actually, we talked about it on a couple episodes ago whenever we did, uh... Infinite oh, his, Frontier. his hands are bones. Okay. Future State stuff. I should have known it was. No, it was Infinite Frontier whenever we did issue one of it. The one with Roy Harper oh, at yeah. the end where he's got yeah. the Black Lantern ring. Right, right, right. So that's the, uh... Yeah, that's the dude from, uh... He he's from um, 
Infinity Inc. originally. Um, Tom McFarlane, and I can't remember who the other guy that created him was, but originally when he was first drawn, he looks... He spawned without Spawn's head. Oh, okay. Pretty much. We'll find pictures you can see at the moment. But yeah, it's uh, it's just an ad in the back of the book, is what you're looking at. Oh, I thought it had to do with the story that was going on. But. Not with this story, no. Okay. Uh, Infinite Frontier, yes, but not this not this story. Three fives, buddy. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. I don't think I've ever seen that happen. It's a great book. Well, you said it, too. I mean, you, you, you said five, and I was like, this is going to go all the way around. I don't... I just... It's... It's really good. It's really good. Like it's it's really really. His good. suit is impeccable. Like it is. See, like so years ago, there was Superman went like through this really weird phase where he was really worried about like he did like the Tony Stark phase, which before Tony Stark did it, with like the you know when Tony Stark tried to do the the iron, like the thing where he protect the whole Earth. Okay. And he like had all like the the robots basically right, but with the Ultron thing and all that kind of stuff. Superman tried to do that in an issue, like, so, like a, a story arc, like, mm, 2003, 2003, maybe 2004, right in there. And so there was, like, the art, the cool thing about it was, like, it was, it was kind of, like he just made all these different Superman robots, so he could, he literally could be everywhere at all times. And, like, um, people are like, you're overstepping your reach here. And he's just like, I know, I gotta be everywhere, I gotta be everywhere. But what was cool about it was, like, you got to see, like, a million, like a bunch of, like whoever, all the people that were working on, because they, they did it in Action Comics, Adventure Comics, Man of Steel, and the Superman. Like different versions of the costume. So all yeah. four, all four books at the time. Right. So you got to see all these different artists and writers, like all their different versions of the Superman suit. There's probably like 500 different versions of the Superman suit. And the one thing that I always really liked was this, the red across the shoulders and like being down into, into the symbol. I always thought that, that was super rad. So the way John's cap cape connects to his. Okay, that was well, all. That was the one, shoulder plates. Yeah, shoulder plates. Okay, and then like like John's S is the is the Kingdom Come S. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's way closer to the Kingdom Come S. It's like a mix between the. It's full- closer, but it's not the Kingdom Come because Kingdom Come is it, the Kingdom Come Superman outfit is my favorite by far. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, the Kingdom Come S is. The Kingdom Come S for sure, but like it. That's more so, you're right. It is, it, it, it has less of a, but I get what you're saying. It's heading that way. It has more of a, less of a swirl as more of a straight line. Straight, okay. I, I see what you're saying. But, um, I mean, Worlds at War Superman, where he had put the black in it for a while. Okay. Was pretty yeah. incredible. But like, that's the only time that like the, between that and the Kingdom Come, like there's black in the, in the. What about the black, uh, Superman suit and. Zack Snyder's Justice League. You had to have loved that, right? It was Death of Superman before. I know it was, but I'm just saying, you had to have loved that suit. It was gorgeous. Beautiful. It wasn't gorgeous. It was his suit that, like, the... It was the, it, the healing suit. It was, it was so his good. healing suit that, they, like, the, I know. the robots put but him in. Like, the Eradicator amazing. actually put him in that suit, so he could put him in the birthing matrix. Right, but it looked amazing. It did look cool. Thank you. And they, it did have, look he, cool. He didn't come out with the mullet. That's <laughs> right, true. that's true. That's he didn't true. have a, or the beard. <laughs> Both things true, right. or the mustache that would been way sweet. Like the one thing that, <laughs> that like, would have been the great. One Kryptonians grow as mustaches, and they wouldn't have to cut it out. Like, could have explained have only a mustache. That. Could have explained everything. That's what Kryptonians grow; they just grow mustaches, man. You're so. This is why you're so much smarter than me. Oh, oh my gosh, goodness! You just combine me to watch Invincible and you get your mustache there. But I always liked like the red, like it goes up into the shoulders, like the whole piece. I always thought that was really cool, and like a lot of people like. Over the years, 
for a zillion years. Like, people are like, oh, get rid of the red underoos, get rid of the red underoos, and just like, you can't get rid of the red underoos unless you like bounce out somehow else. And like, with John having the belt, which is like, a, the belt is like basically from New 52. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. He put a little bit of red on his toes, Boots, and, then, yeah. and then he put like the red on his shoulder pads. It balances out just a little bit, and it's like, I think this is probably, I mean, Cal's always going to have the red under his, just re- really is. Like, you can't take that away from him. I mean, it would look, I mean, he just, that's who he is. That's Superman. But, like, if you were going to do, like, this is probably the most purest version of the next, like, I don't think you could, I, I don't see another, it's just kind of the way it's going to be, like. Style-wise for John. Cal-El will always have, like, just the red. Well. That's how. That's who he'll always be. And his S is more classic, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's more round to it. Yep. But like, well, they've come back and forth to it. I mean, during New Fifty Two, they dropped it all together, and um, now that we're out of New Fifty Two, we're back to it. So it's not like out of what the well, they took off the underoos and Superman right. during New Fifty Two. He just had the red belt. Yeah, but everybody hate. But everybody was like, oh, yeah, nobody, we nobody hate the underoos. Yeah. But then they brought him back. They're like, oh, you brought him back. Thank, thank. Yeah. Like it's just like yeah. people never quit. Nobody likes Fifty Twos, right? Yeah, well, that's not true, but yeah. Really? No, there's lots of 52 stuff that's good. No, no, I know. No. I meant that just the suit. I didn't, I don't oh, think. Oh, yeah, No, yeah, I like no, 52. No, yeah, I, the his, suit, I don't think anybody liked the 52 suit. It did this why it didn't stick around. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but it's not, it's not Superman's it suit. It was very plain Jane. The balance is like, gone. You yeah. Gotta, you gotta balance it in a different way. And like I'm saying, that's what I'm saying is like, there were no shoulder pads whatsoever. No, no, not at all. And like the blue in the legs of John's goes all the way down, and mm-hmm. there's just the tips of his like foot mm-hmm. are red. And then like so like it goes, it's blue it <laughs> instead of blue like. Boots. You know what it did? It made it, he had blue because he had blue boots in '52. It made the belt look funny. That was the problem. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a good balance. That you just, I mean, you switched it up a little bit, and like I love the red all the way with the cape and everything, and like. I'm, Still got the gold in there, which I don't know. It's, it's it's a good look. It's a good suit, and you really do like. I mean, like Clark Kent was raised by great people, right? You know, he just was like Mom and Pop Kent were great people. They they taught him how to be a good person. Sure, you know, and then he, and then he fell in love with a woman who's also a great person, and he got put around great people. And his best friend in the world, ultimately, like he may he might be the light in in Bruce to Bruce, Bruce's darkness. But Bruce also has like a light to him that sure that Clark needs. And so like he's he's ultimately like is somebody who's like so so incredibly powerful. He has so much humbleness, sure. and it's like to then you have a son. With a woman who's an insanely strong, incredible human being, and you have a, a child with them, with her, you know, and it's just like you. This child is going to be a good kid because he's got great parents. I mean, we certainly hope so. Everything we've seen so far lends that direction. Well, I mean, if they end up making him a villain, I think that'd be really dumb. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Like they did with uh, Superboy Prime. Well, Superboy Prime, different story. He already started out cracked and broken. Um, 
We didn't start yeah. out. As no. soon as he, as soon as he showed up during Final Crisis, he was already at wit's end. That's not where he started, though. No, he starts out in the fifties books. In the fifties books, everything was pure. I don't think that there's no way that that would happen with this character. I don't no, think. I mean, like Superboy and like Superman Legion and all that stuff was like all the way through the seventies and eighties and all that stuff. Like, well, yeah, he's the original Superboy. Different than whenever we got the Final Crisis and they went bad. I don't think that'll happen. Well, he hadn't John. been around. He hadn't been around for. Thirty years before he came into the Final Crisis stuff, right? So like, but like, I just don't understand what we're trying to compare it to. I, mean, no, like, I don't think that's well, going to happen with him. No, nah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, like that Superboy was with with the Legion and like did all that stuff and like, but then like when they brought him in, it was like Superboy Prime from Earth Prime, right? And he was just like he was just like corrupted, like my Earth died in this. Yeah, yeah. He just like kind of went crazy, but I think that like John is. The true son of Superman, the the one true son of Superman, he like and he like has been raised from you know like I don't sure. know, I think he has. I don't think he's gonna go bad. That's just you know as a thing. It's more of a learning curve that we got going on with him. I don't as far as the thing. I don't think we'll see him turn evil. I mean, I'd be well. That's what I'm saying. I, just, I hope that they don't do some weird thing where he doesn't turn evil. Because I'm like, <sighs> right? Yeah. Okay. With you. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool too. That was pretty good as well. The portrait. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm looking up all these variant covers that I shouldn't be looking at. Uh-huh. Um, well, after books, uh, what did you learn today, Josh? Mm, I mean, I learned that, like, most of the time, you might be wrong, but this time, today you're right. Because <laughs> this is a good book. Um, right, most of the time. Uh, Tyler Brown, what did you learn today? Man, I learned a lot. I learned a lot of things. Um... Mm, I learned I can give a five on this podcast. I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> I didn't know I ever would. Now I have. All right. And all I right. wasn't alone. I learned that all three of us can make fives. That's great. That's true. It's good to know. That's true. What I learned today, Josh? Has there been on all fives before? I, you know, I don't, I don't, there's a point in time where we didn't do numbers. We, they, there used to be a different grading system that was more chaotic. Um, I don't, I don't know if there has been or not. My brain feels like there's got to at least been one time that there was, but I couldn't tell you right now trying to remember. So Was there three people, though? There would have been more people at that point. Okay. Uh, anywhere from a gauge of two to I know, I don't, seven. seven. Since, like, CBS me did, like, a bazillion episodes with just the two of us, I don't think that we've ever been agreed on both five. Both not five. both fives, I don't think. So Not that I can remember, at least. Yeah, if if, if we're wrong, then... Email CBS yeah. and we'll, we'll send you something cool. Yell at him. Some stickers or something neat. Mark, mark the date Reference and time. where it happened. Reference, yeah. Let us know. So what I learned? But you got to say where it happened. Fives can happen. That fives ah, can happen all gotcha. the way around. Okay. That's a good thing to learn. But yeah, you got to reference where it happened at. That way then there's proof of the situation. Anyway, um, so books to watch. Do you guys have anything on your radars? No, but you did text me about Lucky Devil. That's right. Lucky Devil number one came out, and it is good. Did you, did you read it? Yeah. It, the end is pretty... The end of the first issue, is, it goes to Dark Place, but that's what what you sure. expect from the write-up. Sure. But the art's good, and the story, it's interesting. Yeah, well, it's good. It. Yeah, it's good. Um, as far as, like, a, a book in the world, there's a book that came out this week called Cinnamon. It's from Behemoth Comics. I'd say check that thing out if you like fun and chaos. The art's really cool for what it is. Uh, Cinnamon's about a cat, 
and uh, when his owner is not around, what he believes the world is like, which is action, adventure, and drug dealers. It's awesome. Wow. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm going to have to show you, Josh. It's great. Issue 1 came out this week. It's got three different covers for the normal covers. I'm sure that there's probably some crazy variant out there in the world that was a store variant, probably, but it's awesome. Okay. Um, it's only a three-part miniseries. Company putting out again is Behemoth. So I'd say check that out if you like catch shenanigans. It's awesome. Uh, dig that a lot. As far as uh, other things, Noctera is still ki- killing it. It's so good. It's so, so good. Number six comes out here in the next two weeks. Uh, it's fantastic. So I'd say t- if you haven't seen that thing, check that thing out because it's, it's awesome. Is Dune doing anything by chance? There is a Dune series that's still going on. It's a 12-issue series altogether, and we're around issue, I think, 10. Okay, I was curious, because the movie's October. Right. Do you know if it has any ties to... Not that I'm aware of. I mean, it looks, seems to be more based out of what the books were. Okay. It's the best I can tell you. I mean, no one seems to be drawn to match the movies. Okay, that's what yeah. I would assume that we would have seen at least two or three that were drawn in that direction, so... I'm gonna Oscar say Isaacs is not. pretty easy to see. I mean, well, he's definitely... Jason Momoa. Oh, that's true. Like, there's a whole handful yeah. of them that yeah. are like... That thing has so many stars in it, it's crazy. Timothy, what's his name? Oh, Oliphant. Is it Oliphant? I think that's how I, I always it. want to say it like that, and I'm like, do I say his that name That might not like be that? how you say it, I guess. But yeah, like, Drax is in it, which is awesome. He's so that's good. A, that's a good one, too. I think he's only going to be in it for a minute. Probably. Dave Batista. Yeah. Even if he is, Rebecca Ferguson's in it. <coughs> she's awesome. Ferguson. That's her name. She's great. Yeah, she's awesome. She's great. Huge cast oh, in that book. Uh, or a movie. Hmm. Javier Bedin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's so many different names in that movie. It's crazy how many star faces in there. Um, what's her name? Zendaya? From, Zendaya, uh, yeah. From uh, Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dune's... It, if you haven't seen the trailer for Dune, check it out. I am the, it's so, so good. I told you, well, I'm listening to the book, right? Right. I have four chapters to go. I'm almost there. Oh, man. It's excellent. Now there you go. Excellent. Um, as far as other books, I mean, that's what I've got right now. I mean, there's lots of other stuff that's really awesome. But Oh, DC versus Vampires. I think that's going to be great. It'll be interesting to see what it looks like when it's comes out and who's actually in charge of writing it. But it sounds terrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm with great. you. Oh I, don't like so cool. I don't like vampires. I don't like vampires either. Gotta be... well, because they're fighting them. That's why. That's like Marvel versus zombies. I mean, it's a very similar idea. That's yeah, true. fire is one of the big things that kills vampires. That's true. All I gotta do is just like Superman to like just heat vision all of them. Like just get well, game over. Flash could vibrate them to death. I don't know. He's not on the cover, so long. I assume he's in there somewhere. There's like so many people in like DC Universe. Vampires don't work in the DC Universe. That's why they don't have a blade. Now, werewolves? I'd be in. <laughs> I would be in. Maybe that's I'd the be next leg. knocking at your door. Hey! We'll Let's see. Keep running into this beast. I need to you once, know, get those uh, werewolves. Once on. we're done with the vampires, so we already sort of did zombies, sort of, with deceased. Deceased, yeah. So once we get past Which the vampires, okay. maybe, okay. uh, maybe the werewolves will be the next mm. thing in line. Mm. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Anything else? No, sir. Um, speaking of things that, that, it's already come out, but like, did you see all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Power Rangers action figure crossovers that are coming out? I've seen some pictures of them, but I, I have not actually yeah. seen them in life. I saw pictures. Pretty cool. I mean, I probably won't pick them up. They're not my jam, but like, I didn't, I didn't read far enough into that series. I didn't know that like, uh, Shredder become, gets the Green Ranger during the crossover, yeah, yeah. Which is a pretty cool figure. And then, uh, I thought the color 
I guess Red makes sense for Raphael, but even though he's not the leader, and then like, I mean, he might as well be. Yeah, he's the best one. <laughs> no, Dontello is no. But then like Leonardo was the blue, right? So Blue Ranger. And Michelangelo was the yellow, orange. But they made him yellow. Okay. But they put me Donatello the black. I think. Okay. And I was like, that's the closest color. I yeah, guess. Clo- closest to purple. Yeah, it's kind of weird. They could have just made them like their own colors. They didn't need to be. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. A purple ranger would be cool. Sure. I think there has been one a bunch, like maybe in one of the space ones. Yeah, there's so many. There hasn't been that they they're they're missing have, out. They've yeah. missed out. Yeah, there's so many. Because point. April O'Neil becomes the pink ranger. Like if you're a pink, you can make a purple. Mm, there's been a pink from the beginning, though. Right. Yeah. That's one of the original colors. Okay. But there was a silver and there was a gold and there they weren't was a... original colors though. No, they weren't. No, like I was saying, like there's a white that was also that was close to original, but it wasn't. That's as close to original as yeah. you, you go any further than that. There's, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different. There's one with a giant dog head. I don't think that's the color, but there you go. Anyway, thought that was kind of cool. No, it's neat. Galactus is getting made by a uh, Haslab. Yeah, it's a Hasla he's, he's supposed to be like almost four feet tall. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then like you, you buy into it basically. Like, if they get enough backers, then they'll make it. So Kickstarter, like, yeah. But it's basically like... Yeah. But Same it's idea, but... Crowdfunding, them, whatever. Yeah. It's a crowdfunded, like, through Hasbro, though. And oh, okay. So, and so, like, as you go on and the more backers you get, they add, they do add-ons. So they did a Sentinel before. So, like, the Sentinel, like, as you added on, they added more pieces to the Sentinel. Like, more, like, more cables and more of this That's and cool. more of that or different heads or different, like... And with Galactus, he's the next one. So, like... The Galactus, they, uh, they, they hit a certain point where, like, Nova is her name. It's like, it's, a uh, it was one of the Galactus's heralds after the fact, after Silver Surfer. And she's, like, this woman who's, like, got fire hair and she flies around and she's a herald of Galactus. And Galactus uses these heralds to go, like, search out planets for them. And so, like, she's the first time she's ever been made in the, uh, Marvel Legends style. Hmm. Really cool looking figure. And then, like, they haven't hit the next level yet, but, like, the shadow outline of it is looks like a Silver Surfer. But they've made Silver Surfer multiple times, so I don't know what he's going to look like. Because they've even made multiple versions of Silver Surfer, so I don't know. Maybe it'll be the weird Norn Rad with the yellow suit on. I don't know why you'd make that one, but maybe. So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe they'll <laughs> make him extra chromey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you... Chrome, like, I don't know what else you would, I don't know what else you do with him, cause there's like, there's Fire Lord. Right. Who's a, who's a Herald as well, which they didn't put, it. but I don't know. Like, but it's, but it's like three or four hundred dollars. Oh wow. Yeah, it's, yeah, but it's like literally like it's tall. It's Dang. crazy, but it's, yeah, this like, is Your Marvel Legends person. are like this big. And like it's it. like, it's big. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So. That is cool. But when it comes to action figures, I have to say like, hey, this figure's coming out. So. Sweet, what's the key? The key! Nah. Oh.